ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 111 of the Whatever He Show. Oh, fuck, I kicked my mic. We have been, unsurprisingly, watching <laughs> WrestleMania and thus oh, drinking for like six man. hours, and so this is how the show is gonna go. Um, we are professionals, though, so we'll keep it on track just as well as we always do. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about WrestleMania. We've got some Marvel news. Uh, I think it's, it's fun. I'm not even gonna I, say it here because I want to leave it in the thing. I like. Thing. I like that. Uh, didn't even correct me picking my mic because you've just resigned yourself to the fact that it's that's, gonna happen. That's yeah. it's gonna be. Guys, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this episode right now and you're like, you know, I, I come here for the clean audio quality and listenability, uh, just maybe check out episode 112. Also, um, Eddie and I are on the same channel tonight, so if you, uh, you know, like to turn your balance to the left or the right to tune one of us out, you're fucked. Yeah, pretty much. And we both talk a lot, so. Um, we got some Netflix stuff to talk about. Uh, Bailey and I both watch Altered Carbon. I don't know if Matt has. I watched Matt has Volt. not. I want to mention that. Dude, I got a thing there I want to talk about. Tech news, man. I got some tech news this fucking week. Um, we got Apple news. We got Windows news. It's all weird stuff. Mazelle, uh, Firefox news and Facebook relations. Uh, kind of follow up from a discussion about me and whether or not I'm going to delete, delete Facebook. And like every day, I'm like just we, a hair's breadth from pulling that, that trigger. Like I'm like that kid in school that you know has a little bit of an issue and he's just waiting to pull the Possibly trigger. Possibly an hour Same 15. thing. Yeah. Um, uh, except for I'm not going to kill anybody. Um, we've got a podcast recommendations, Amazon stuff, Lord of the Rings, and uh, Stephen King's last stand adaptation. That's a stand, good, not last stand. That's, yeah, that's a different movie. That's that shitty X-Men movie that came out in like 2003, right? Uh, I think we retconned it, didn't we? Yeah, let's just pretend it never happened. Um, retcon it completely out of our minds and its existence as well. So anyway, we got a big show. Uh, stick around. We're going to be back with lots of great stuff in just a second. That's where I should go, but we don't have any sponsors. This week's episode of Whatever Podcast is brought to you by Circuit City. That's right, folks. For all your electronics needs, hit up Circuit City before they go bankrupt and close. Again, still, 10 years ago. Yeah. Let's open the show. We've this, got this week's episode is actually brought to you by the crackheads walking outside my house right now. Yay! Um, so you know, I, there's a pretty big reveal, and I'm going to say the first name, and you're going to be like, "Well, that's not that big of a reveal." And I'm going to say the second name, and all you nerds out there who have been watching the whole Marvel shit since like uh, Iron Man are going to be like, "Oh my god, yeah!" Okay, so the first name, Lee Pace. That's right, Ronan. Yes. Um, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One is going to be joining Captain Marvel. But more importantly, so is Clark Gregg. Uh, that's right, your favorite Agent, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. Uh, Phil, you know, when did he become Phil, uh, who dated the cellist, is going to be uh, um, one of the cast members of Captain Marvel. As I understand it, Captain Marvel is a bit of a prequel. It is. It takes 90s. place in the 80s or 90s, it's somewhere in the around 90s. there. So uh, it makes sense that both of those fuckers would still be around in the, at that point. Um, yep. it, it's, a, it's a bit of a... Uh, it's kind of cheap to me. I mean, because I love Coulson, and I want more than anything for um, current Agents of Shield Coulson to be back on the big screen. I, I um, do want them to just. I'm probably not going to get that anytime soon, though. For, well, for one, I'm happy about this. Um, number two, I'm not exactly holding my breath for an Infinity War shot here. Um, no, although it'd be neat. You should. Um, I think we see scrolls. I think scrolls are going to be a thing. I, I think you're probably right. I think if we see Mixed scrolls with... in Infinity War, I don't think we see them until the post credit scene. No. I think scrolls oh, are hey going to be the big. We're the... super good at this podcast thing. Ryan well, Bailey's here this week. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I think scrolls are going to be Avengers Four. They. I. That's I, a money shot. You don't blow that. You don't blow that and Thanos in one movie. You don't. But it's 
Well, uh, you know I'm right. I don't know. We're going back. We're going back the wrong way. Um, yeah, no. We're talking about Captain Marvel. Yes, Captain Marvel. For, it's it's in the nineties. It's really hard to talk about Captain Marvel when it doesn't come out till next year, and Infinity War comes out like in three weeks. So. Yeah, and pretty it, much like, the only news I have for Captain Marvel days. is uh, Brie Larson's in it, and so is uh, uh, Lee Pace and Clark and Gregg. Lee Pace. <laughs> yeah, but here, here here's my thing: like the Kree and Skrull War mixed with Captain Marvel mm-hmm. going into maybe Avengers five. I hope to God that Avengers four is all he has finally all six infinity I, stones. I don't know if we get Avengers five. I don't know that we don't get Avengers five, but so, I don't think that Avengers five is going to be like what you're thinking it is. So like the, it's not going to be like Captain America. Well, Iron no, Man the, well, no, the it's whole, not, it's not, it's Feige, not going to has alluded to the fact that once phase three is over with that, the Marvel quote phases, if you will, are done. Are done. Yeah. And I get that. So I don't know that you can, I mean, we might get an Avengers whatever later on down the road. Um, but like Eddie's alluded to, it's not going to be our it, Avengers. It's not going to be the Avengers that we know. I mean, you might get, get that. Well, okay. Let me rephrase. It'll be amazing. You may if get we got an Amadeus Iron Man. At you may, some point. That's what I was going to say. You yes. may get an Iron Man, a Captain America and a Hulk or something like that, but it's not going to be Tony Stark and mm. Bruce Banner and, uh, fucking, uh, it could Steve come, Rogers. It, it could definitely come in the form of, uh, Bucky Barnes. Or yeah, Sam my, Wilson, my Captain America. Definitely on uh, Steve Steve Rogers biting the bucket in this next one. Um, yes, a, me too. A roadie instead of Iron Man. We could see that. I uh, say we could see, I doubt that one. I don't. I I think it's more likely they'd introduce another character, a la Lionheart, to be. I'd love that more than probably a lot of things. Um, I feel or like knowing Marvel, going they could into... flip the script a little bit, and then Shuri could be. Sure, just Man. takes up the Iron Man. Yeah, she could because she could. <laughs> yes, she could. She very well could. I feel like though, going into Avengers five, you need that one person that is the leader of the Avengers, which I in this situation, the two being Iron Man and Cap, staying prevalent going forward slightly until See, you have that person that takes the mantle, like a Shuri. I think. I think though, we're gonna have. Um, I don't think actually if we do Avengers 5 I don't think it's going to be wildly different in terms of like all the cast. I think there's definitely some names that are out. Like I don't I, I don't think that Tony Stark's got a lot longer in in the run in the in the current run and I think Steve Rogers I I really truly think that um he's going to be out after Infinity War. Yes, his contract's I think, up. He's, I think he's what would stated be that he's he's stated multiple times that he wants to do like directing. He wants to do other yeah. roles. So I think so. it's more likely that when we get to the 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 Avengers movie that comes after this, we're going to have a new sort of leader and I don't necessarily think we've seen that person yet. Also, we have no idea how the Fantastic Four and the X-Men play into the future of the MCU. Yeah, or if they do, honestly. Right. Um, They could keep those as separate properties, and they've they've thrown that around a little bit. I think that's a mistake. I mean, if they they keep them together, if they do put them together, though, and they blend... So, here's the big question for me. Um, You get Fantastic Four, in which case I think we haven't seen the Fantastic Four we'd see blend into this Marvel Universe, period. No. There's no fucking way... We're not getting Fan 4 stick in the the Marvel Universe. No, we have already got Michael B. Jordan in in the MCU, and that's... Right. So... It's not as where it, where the question is out for me a little bit is do we get some reprisals in the in the form of the X Men universe a la uh, say uh, um, I could see Patrick Stewart back as Xavier I could see maybe uh, I could see Logan uh, um, fucking what's his face the Australian Hugh Jackman. Name? If, Hugh Jackman if if Hugh Jackman's game for it I can see it I don't I, I don't see it happening otherwise he's not game for that's, it that's, he's, that's he's stated several times during the marketing for. Uh, Greatest Showman or whatever yeah. that film's called. I wish I could see it, but I haven't yet. 
Um, he stated many times that he doesn't want to do it. He's like, my mantle's done. Give it to yeah, the see, next that's, guy. He he said before, like, uh, he had some regrets about like leaving the MC, or not leaving, having worked as an Avenger. Yeah, but yeah. not having worked as an Avenger. So I think this is we're in that situation where it's like, well, you back a truckload of money up to his house, and and maybe he's less not for it than he was prior. Right. So I could see them, you know. So in that case, like, if they could get some of those guys to come back, like, I think if Hugh Jackman would come back and reprise the role, then I think we would get some blending of the universes. But if not, if, if, and again, it's not, it's not many names. Like, honestly, I don't think they give a shit who played, uh, uh, um, you know, Storm in this most recent inc- incarnation. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to be those big names, like, then I think that's just a full hard reboot. Well, here, yeah, that's, that's, that's how you do it. Uh, I think if you can do it at all is a in hard which reboot case, anyway. Because honestly, without Hugh Jackman, like, the only character you're really missing out on is, uh, um, uh, Patrick Stewart? Nope, because no. he's not even a thing anymore, really. I mean, not not as far as the X-Men are concerned. Uh, Fastbender. Fastbender's Magneto is probably the biggest loss. Oh, that's reboot. a good point. That is true. Um, and it is a big loss, but also it at the same time, if you're talking about rebooting an entire franchise, you're not gonna you're not gonna base that decision around one guy. It depends yeah, on where you want to start with the X-Men, though. I mean, if you're going for a Patrick Stewart in the X-Men universe, then you might as well bring in Ian McKellen. I, as I don't Magneto. think you do that only because if you do that, and even as a cameo. Then you acknowledge that that universe existed. True. See, that's and the thing. And, and then the you point. have to write. Yeah. Then you have to write in why the two have never crossed over. And I honestly yeah. think most likely scenario is that we get a full hard reboot um, after this because the, I think the primary reasons why they'd want to keep around the old universe is going to be the actors and the people who played them, and not the the story at all because most of the story is is hot garbage with a few rare exceptions. So Bailey, this can is an I, audio podcast. Can uh, I, nobody can, I, can see you. Raise your hand. Can I put on a point of which I was talking to Matt and I kind of yes, briefly Ryan mentioned Bailey. to you is the end credit scene for the next Avengers. I want to be Thanos snapping his fingers and that could be literally the thing that goes, okay, we don't need a tie in. He resets everything. He melds everything together. And you can have Thanos. a Patrick Stewart and you can have this. With the Infinity Zones, it's possible. Thanos literally wants to do. eliminate half the life in the no, universe. But, uh, he here's does. what I'm saying. Here's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I, I I think the end of Thanos is at the end of this movie. Like, we don't see a post-credits with Thanos because I think Thanos is done after this movie. Otherwise, they would have still kept it Infinity War Parts 1 and 2, and they, they changed right. that They've for been, very but, specific reasons. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think Thanos is done after and, this. And, and you and, can't and, go out with your losers or with your heroes on their backs. It's not It's not a WWE match. I yeah. wish it was. We'll talk about that later, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't think Thanos is done. I think Thanos is done after this. However... We will have, I think, assembled the full Infinity Gauntlet by the time the end of Infinity War has happened. And I don't think that Thanos is the only person necessarily that can wield that power. Okay, full stop. Okay. Okay. Bailey and I have talked about this for the last week and a half, two weeks. Yes. Soul Gem, where's it at? It's the only one we haven't seen. Yes. God, I don't know. And him and I are on par right now. Yeah. You're you're the deciding factor. We're We're pretty sure we know. We're... So what's, brought, what's the yes. theory that we think is completely wrong? Uh, completely wrong? Yeah, there's a big theory out there right now that we think is totally wrong. Uh, him? Uh, Adam Warlock? Yeah, Warlock, I don't think we're going to see this movie. Doesn't make sense. Also Vito. Uh, Tony Stark doesn't make any sense. Nope, not Tony Stark. Adam Adam Warlock was introduced to the end of Although, Guardians 2. The only theory that they're going the, off right, with... Okay. The mummy yeah, thing. Yes. Gotcha. The only, thing, the only theory that people are going off of with Tony Stark is the fact that Howard and his wife couldn't conceive a child. Mm-hmm. And so they went to other means 
God, no, they're not gonna. And I'm like, you're that's stretching. Just, that's, it doesn't make that's sense. Just stretching to make everything yes. about Tony, which we already yeah. gave him Ultron. Like, just fucking move yeah. on. Yeah. Um. um so and they reached for that too. Bailey and I have a theory, and this is the only one that actually legitimately makes sense if you take it from the the, the so phase one all the way through. Now, every stone in the MCU is the initials of Thanos. The only initial that hasn't been brought up is the H. Who in the MCU has been relevant with an H in their name? You think in the Hawkeye MCU? is going to be a soul gem? No. No. Okay. Who else Wrong. we got with H's? Cause... Think about it. Think about it. Really hard. Think about it. God, He's I'm, probably God. one of the most underutilized characters in the yes. MCU. Uh, and yet one of the most badass characters. <laughs> I still want to stick think, with Hawkeye. You've Thor. rewatched, oh, you've rewatched uh, this like several times. God, Think about it. Damn. Uh, Who's super powerful that can see trillions of souls? Oh. Fuck. What's Beyond his name? the galaxy. Heimdall. 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 Yeah. You think Heimdall has a soul gem? Yeah. Okay. And it's also the same so, color as Heimdall's eyes. Just throwing that out there. That I could yep. buy. That I could buy. And in the first Thor movie, or no, the second Thor movie, you see the amber in his eyes, right? Nobody goes, watched that I movie, Bailey. <laughs> Nobody did. I mean, I, I know for sure I've watched it at least twice, and I don't remember it. I saw it five times, but that's because I own it. Okay. So, go on. This is a good theory. I like so, this theory. I'm on board for this Hemdo theory. Hemdo goes, okay, I can see three trillion souls across the universe, and you see his eyes, and they're burning amber. What's the color of the soul stone in the MCU? Amber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, it's a good, every color, it's a good... his armor, amber. There's a little gem in the first story. The only, movie. the only question, the only okay. thing I question is whether or not it's in him or if it's in the sword. No. Okay, guys, let's go it's back. It's either sword Just... or his armor. Because in the first Thor movie, I saw the tree. I want to. I want to make sure I'm on board here. So Than- Thanos, uh, the the initials are all the Infinity Stones. Yes. Time gem. So, time gem. Okay, no. Or time gem. Necklace is, uh... is Thanos. The N is the necklace. Uh, what's the, the T is the Tesseract. Okay. Uh, let's see. The scepter is the S. H would be Heimdall. H would be Heimdall. A would be. Again, A would be. Would be. The Aether. 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 Yeah. We got N and O. N and O. O would be. No, we said necklaces and O is what. Uh. Um. Uh, the. The uh, the uh the uh yeah, this is good podcasting right here. Oh, I think oh, you guys oh, are sitting oh, at home oh. and you're like, oh, this is really good. Oh oh oh. <laughs> Oh oh oh! So God that's that's the end of Infinity it. War. The new kids on the block come out and they they uh, show us what the First right stuff is. First kiss was a sweet kiss. Second kiss had a twist. Yeah, I I don't know how to make him stop either. Um, Third and the fourth kiss, baby. I don't. Are we missing a miss. uh, what was the one from the? Uh, Do we already do Guardians? Uh, that would be oh the orb. orb that was the eighth orb, orb. Orb Thanos. The O. The o's, that's the power the o's gem. The orb. Okay, right, the power I got gem. you. Okay, I got you. Orb. So that's interesting. That is okay. I'm. What's the S? The S. The scepter. You the said scepter. scepter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. H is Hemdall. All right. Well, that's the only logic that makes there's, sense. There's, there's, there's plenty the of first, ways you can make those pieces fit. In the first Thor movie, if you look at Hemdall's chest in his armor in the Tree of the Nine Realms, that's on his armor piece. In the middle of it, he has. A no, little I'm actually stone. super on board for that because one of the things that I've been questioning like since the beginning is like, well, what the fuck's with Heimdall? Like, why? And especially uh, as we get into like Ragnarok, like, why can Heimdall do all this shit? Like, what's special about Heimdall? So Here's what Infinity I Stone out, makes sense. Here's what I pointed out to Matt in Thor Ragnarok was 
Thor asks him, hey, Heimdall, I know you can see me. Show me what you see, basically. And yeah. he takes the soul of and the spirit of Thor and brings him into Asgard and goes, hey, this is what's going on. This is how you need. This is the portal that you go to. He shows him everything that's going on. So, do you guys remember the name of the Infinity Stones off the top of the head, uh, off the top of your head? Time gem. Time gem. Okay. Time, soul gem. Soul gem. Power gem. Power gem. Space gem. Uh, space gem. Uh. Not space gem. Not space gem. Space gem. Power. Did we talk <laughs> about power? Gem? Wind, wire, water, now? fire, air, heart. Um, with your powers combined, I'm Captain Planet. Um. That would actually Captain be funny. Like Planet. the soul, ge- the soul gems all form into the soul Infinity Gauntlet, and then Captain power. Planet comes out and he's like, "We need to recycle." Uh, that wasn't so bad, right? Soul gem, mind gem, time gem, space gem, power gem, reality gem. Yes, reality aether. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Those. Yep. That the only theory that makes sense is Hamdell actually having the soul stone. So mind gem is supposed to be Hamdell. That's vision. No, vision. Okay, so then soul soul stone. Amber, Amber is soul? Yeah. Yeah. The soul stone, since the beginning, I feel like we've I can been see three. In, yeah, with the, I can see all the souls. I can see, That's I can a see good three trillion souls theory. across That's the universe. That's a good fucking theory. I like it, actually. I like it. And he can focus in on these, and he can project souls, and he can do all this. Yep, that that theory gets to stay. Welcome to the table theory. Um, we like you, and we're Fun fact, the colors of the gems have changed since the comic they books. They have, they have, yes. Um, and there's a current uh, storyline in Marvel right now called the Infinity Countdown that is going Ooh. to actually explain why this, why the gems have Change colors. Change colors and whatnot. The power gem is also almost the size of a planet at this point. The Big. power gem? How's it yeah. going to fit in a glove? What the fuck? Drax is guarding it. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. All right. Uh, we got anything else on this whole uh, Captain Marvel rumor? <laughs> or not rumor, but confirmed news. Confirmed news. Yeah, um, yeah Captain Marvel is going to be a thing next year. Have fun. Yep. And uh, Clark Gregg is going to be in it. Uh, maybe maybe that paves the way for uh, re-entry into the Avengers universe and whatever, but okay. maybe not. We'll the see. The other theory I've heard going around is there is a Avenger that is possibly leading into Infinity War in the end credits scene that is a scroll. Okay. That is the other thing I've I've thought about. And which Avenger would make sense to make a scroll? And who do you think would be well done dirty if they were a scroll? I I got nothing. I think Hawkeye would be done dirty if he was a scroll because he's been done dirty the entire time. Yeah, I mean, like so much so that he's not even on the poster for yeah, <laughs> or any of the pre- previous like. You know, it's funny because I watched Civil War like last week, and I was thinking about Hawkeye about halfway through the movie, going, "Man, it'd be really great if he was here." And then he yeah. showed up, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how integral he is in this whole thing, because he's the one yeah. that goes and gets Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And here's the thing. is like he's done the marketing, some of the marketing for. He's been on Avengers Infinity War. I think he's going to be in four. Mm-hmm. Maybe not three, but he will be in four. The other thing I'm thinking of is other people going, okay, my theory is Black Widow's possibly a scroll, because at the end of uh, Civil War, she goes away for a while, along with Cap. And now in Infinity War, her hair is blonde. It could be a cover-up for a spy, but it could be a scroll being like, hmm, maybe this isn't just a cover-up. Hmm. Hmm. I got no theories on that one. I don't know. I, I know nothing. Like Jon Snow. I know nothing. <laughs> All right, let's talk. But I drink, and I know things. Yeah, like Tyrion. That He's my spirit animal. Um, Let's, let's talk really quickly. He's not a badger, bro. No. <laughs> 
he drinks and he knows things that and he's a human. I don't think a human can be your spirit animal. He's a fictional human. I don't it barely counts. I don't think I don't think a human can have another human as a spirit animal though. I just I got an even darker way to go with this joke animals. and I can't do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I would do it. No, because then I, I don't want to get the hate mail. Because uh, you think little people aren't regular humans? Is that I, your... See, that's that's the dumb joke I want to go with. That's I'm fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm um, not sorry. Uh, Ryan Bailey at twitter.com. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have a Twitter. He doesn't. I don't. So that's that's the swerve there. Facebook.com slash Ryan Bailey. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so fuck him. Over on the Netflix front, we've got a couple of shows and a couple. Well, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, Bailey actually watched the first one, uh, Altered Carbon. Um, yes. Matt still hasn't watched it, so he's just gonna sit here and drink. Yeah, I'm not gonna you give any spoilers. I'm just gonna say it presents one of the coolest ideas I've seen in sci-fi recently, uh, and that Dude, leads to yeah. a whole lot of other things. And I, actually, I will spoil this because it's literally like in the preamble for the show. The basic premise of the show, or one of the basic tenets of the show, is that we're in a very a futuristic world. Uh, humans have gone off to space, and one of the premier things about this society is that uh, we've developed this technology uh, that they call stacks that live in basically the base of your skull um not the base of your skull really you kind s- of the spinal column towards the top of your neckish area dark that angel. would kind of be the base of your skull yeah basically dark angel barcode so it kind of and what it does is it basically backs up your consciousness so when you die you're you don't die the body that you're in dies and so they have this concept of what they call sleeves and so every time that that body dies they basically take out the disc put you in a new one boom you're reborn in a different sleeve it's it's actually a lot less uh uh uh, um serious than it sounds um i like it where do i sign up in the show netflix.com oh in the show they it's a little more convoluted than what it sounds like i don't want to hear about it a bunch of other shit that goes on (laughs) As far as like, yeah. as far I mean, as memories go, there's a story based further yes. than that. But like, I think that is such an intriguing idea. Like, what if the consciousness survives when the body dies, and that yes. that can be for any reason? Um, the body dies due to natural causes, due to uh, gunshot, due to whatever. Um, you can basically just take the disc, stick it in a new body. We got a whole lot of kids in Parkland that are super pissed off. Then yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> there's... Because they're now in a poodle. Uh, I don't think they would be in a poodle. It's not reincarnation. Oh. Um, but it's like you, you literally. Robot just... poodles, okay? Robot poodles. Well, that's the thing, too. Like the kind of the Incredible Hulk movie. The first have, one. By they Ang have Lee. the idea of cloning. So you can, you like, you if you really particularly like your birth body, you can clone that ad infinitum and then just keep reusing it, basically. Uh, if you. They do have natural deaths in it. They do have synthetic bodies. They do have this whole, like, religious aspect of, like, do you think that this is the, you know, the, the, uh, quote unquote kosher way to do things, like, to yeah. keep, re- uh, having people be reborn? It, the, it's a very interesting the, concept just the, in and of itself. And then there's a whole show based around that. It almost not only that, but there's also this murder mystery aspect that goes along with it. Oh well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean like, you got to have a plot device. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like that's just the preamble. It's it's just a na- it's just a uh, part of the world that they're in. It's not the story. Uh, it just enables a lot of cool things, and it talks about it, it enables a lot of cool philosophy discussions and so on and so forth. It's so like, I like the show, in spite of the fact that there's some like weakish fifth, points. It's like Fifth Element, like style, like world building. No, with, uh, noir. Well, I'd, I'd say noir. 
noir. Well, there is a noir aspect of it. I mean, as far as but like, there's there's maybe some, when you say fifth element, I could picture if, if, certain if, like, parts if of love, the building. If love like, isn't the final parts. ingredient to beating the bad guy, then it's not fifth element. No, no, it's not, it's, no. I'm talking about like not. the buildings, like the world that well, you're maybe. looking at. The world that you're looking at seems like a, like almost like a fifth element and like a total recall aspect, as far as like the stacks going. I have into one the word for you. And going multipass. Lilo Dallas multipass. Yes. Um. Anyway. Lilo. Uh, so this is going to be my endorsement. Um. You should check out the show. It does have some weaker bits. Like I, I, again, I can't really get into it without spoilers. But there are so, some parts where the writing uh, kind of fucks it up. Even though they've got a really cool premise. Um. Some parts of like the actual goddamn motivation. writers. It's always yeah. the writers. Well, I mean, without them, we, there would be nothing to complain about. Uh. But possibly Roman Reigns might be the WWE champion. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Uh. But anyway, uh, the show's worth checking out, if nothing else, because it pre- it presents a really, really rad idea. Um, there's a couple of different ideas, I think, that philosophically are cool to think about, um, even though that sometimes the writing in the show falls down. It does get a little, little gratuitous in places, uh, sometimes in cool ways for horny guys, um, and sometimes in just pure True. violent, like, it doesn't make any sense ways. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it's enjoyable. Uh, it's, it's worth a watch. Right on. Next thing I want to talk about very briefly, I think I'm the only one that watched this. There's a movie on Netflix. It's a Netflix original called Revolt. It stars the aforementioned Lee Pace, um, who, of course, is Ronin in the MCU. Um, turns and out he's... Well in yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings. He, he actually turns out he's a good actor, um, so he gets to do other jobs, too. Um, this movie is, you know, based on an alien uh, um, takeover and... I, I don't know. I'm not going to give anything away about it. It's not a life-changing movie, but it is sort of an interesting thing, and it actually brings me to the thing I wanted to talk about, is that Netflix is getting pretty serious about its its self, its, its own content. Oh, They've been yeah. serious about the TV shit for a long time now, but they're, they're like venturing into movies in a way that like is further than I would have thought. This is oh, not like yeah. a made-for-TV movie in any regard. This is like a um, like full-on, like if I saw it in a theater, I wouldn't like... It wouldn't when, have taken me out of it at all. I, when I they, would not been he, or would have been surprised. Did when you guys see Bright when they brought it out? Yeah, I, I watched it. it. I, I talked about it, that. But yeah. I didn't mind it. I when, thought it was cool. I, well, I I just only haven't watched it because I haven't watched it, not because I have anything against it. But when they said that they wanted to have their their content on Netflix be like fifty percent Netflix original by the whatever year, like twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, yeah, they're yeah. they're fucking serious. Like, oh, I'm not yeah. I'm not actually surprised by this at all. Yeah, so here's the cool thing too. Like, I get, I, I, like, I'm starting, like, by far my Netflix sub is, um, it's shifted. Like, it used to be, like, it's only for watching old shit that I don't, you know, like, uh, like for watching. I like to watch Star Trek Trek reruns. Exactly. And into, like, um, you know, like, I'm mainly buying Netflix now for the originals. Um, that started, I think, uh, the main shift for me was when Daredevil came out. Then it was like, oh man, if they keep producing shit like Daredevil, like, uh, I'll pay money for that, even if that's it. Um, and then there's been a lot of other things that have been added onto that. Of course, you know, one of the biggest ones, Stranger Things, Black Mirror. Um, Black Mirror's good. It is, it is. I've watched all Black Mirror. Speaking of Stranger Things, uh, my oldest kid bought the first season of Stranger Things on Blu-ray, uh, the other day, and that is one of the coolest box sets I've seen in a long time, because it straight up looks like a legit VHS tape. Oh, nice. What? Yeah. That's badass. So, um, you guys talk about Revolt for a minute, I'll go grab it. 
There, there's yeah, there's nothing really to talk about with it. I, I just wanted to bring that up. Like Netflix is moving into this era where um, they have all of this original content that is actually good, and it and it's even better than good in a lot of cases. Like watching Revolt, the the thing that I kept coming back to was like I'm surprised I'm watching this on Netflix. Like, can I ask you what Revolt? Like, what is Revolt about? You're 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 talking to me about Revolt, but I want to know what it is. Okay, so the like, basic premise of the thing is that aliens have invaded. Um, it fin- the, the movie centers around Lee Pace and another actress whose name I can't remember, um, who are caught up in this alien invasion. The aliens are sort of like robotic form, and humans are losing badly, um, really, really badly. Expectedly it, it's, so. it's sort of like a gritty tale. Uh, um, Battlestar. Based on, not exactly, but it, it's, much, it's a much grittier tale. Like, think of it more like, um, like, I think of it like a Blomkamp sort of movie like okay. it wouldn't surprise me if like okay. it was directed by Blom- Blomkamp because it feels a little bit more like that to me um, but it also feels a little bit more gritty and more realistic than even a Blomkamp thing does so uh, it, it's it's a fun it's a fun I don't want to say it's a fun movie but it's a good movie it's definitely worth watching I don't and know why you shit, couldn't remember so her cool. name did because it's is the Baroness is the Marlo. new Cloverfield uh, a Netflix original it nobody is, watches yeah. Cloverfield it is. It, no. is, it is. It is. It is. It isn't. It did is. You, did you see it? No, I didn't. I, I haven't seen a single Cloverfield thing, so I didn't want to start with that one. The first Cloverfield movie out in theaters made me sick to my goddamn stomach. I couldn't watch it. The second Cause, one cause of the, cause of the with John cam. Goodman. Yeah, the shaky cam was just awful. Yeah. Ugh. Now but it then, is. It is. It is. Just going back to the Stranger Things, it's this slightly bigger. Is a fucking high quality box set. I'm just saying. Dude, that she looks paid like she paid like fourteen bucks for it. It was on sale. It, Wait that's, a minute, that's it? Fourteen dollars? Yeah. What for a box set? So it's a little bigger than a, than an actual VHS, which I just handed Eddie so he could yeah do for a comparison. comparison. Yeah, it it is a little bit bigger, but I'm, no, just well, the just packaging right the alone is cool as hell. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're somebody that knows what a VHS it, it's is. It's a thirty dollar box set normally. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's a deserved price. Mm, like it, it is a it it's a pretty dope box set, honestly. So, um. Okay. Anyway, that that's just all. Um, keep an eye on Netflix. I think I think we're gonna see a lot more awesome content. They're and, they're, know, they're an up and comer, guys. Here's the thing. No, um, this feels legit. I like this. Well, what I mean is, like, uh, for lots and lots of times now, uh, nerds complain about, like, I want more original stuff. I want to see new stories. I want to see blah, blah, blah. That's Netflix right now. Like, Netflix isn't adapting things. They're making new shit. Like, like for the for the longest time, like, we've legit had, like, this big theory that, like, there are no original ideas. Everything's a reboot now, which is why we should just accept reboots. And then Netflix is like, what about Stranger Things? Which, that's not a reboot. You know, I'm going to give you, like, it's not a reboot, but everything is a remix, and there are definitely elements of Stranger Things that are taken from other properties, yeah, but and that's yeah. sort of the thing. But it's such it's a like, good, it's, everything it's a good story, so and it's not, like, it's not like they're they're just renaming, like, it's not like they're doing uh, fucking well, Nightmare on Elm Street and yeah, exactly. like, rebooting it's, it's it. It's not yeah. Total Recall 4 or something like right. that. Like, they're just, uh, they're doing original things. Get your things. ass to Mars. Yeah. They they're, take, they're doing I, they original take, things that are fun. They take tidbits of other things and go, okay... Let's take these elements from these things that are similar to what we want to build and work around that and make our own thing. Even Bright, which uh, we briefly mentioned, which isn't a great movie. Shadowrun. It, it, it's still yeah. a very interesting world. I, like, I, I like the idea of it. Um, so do I. Like like you said, the, the movie's not great. It has its problems, but the world building, the atmosphere that it's in. But if, was, no, if I, it I actually really had cool. every intention of watching that movie, and then I watched six other things instead. Felt, I'm just saying, like, because, if you're sitting here going, like, I want to watch something I haven't seen before, chances are like a modern Brett day D&D is going to fill me. that. Yeah. yeah. It felt like a modern day D&D. All right. 
Should we move on? Yeah, because this is actually something I've been talking, I've been wanting to talk about for a while because you and I actually had a couple conversations kind of that are going to tie right into this. Okay, so this is kind of weird for the whatever you show. Not super weird. We've talked about tech before, but I get a lot of tech news this week because it's 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 sticking in my craw and I want to talk about it. So the first Ooh. news, the first piece of news is that Apple will be transitioning Macs to ARM chips by 2020. So this actually surprises not many people because Eddie and I actually had a conversation probably two, three months ago where we talked about the processing power uh, of the chips they've been putting in the iPhone and the iPads of late. Uh, last year and this year specifically have been just uber powerful compared to what uh anybody would assume an arm chip could do um tying into this tangentially related of course is the fact that eddie went on a rant for about 35 40 minutes a few shows ago about how he's surprised that more gaming developers aren't gaming aren't doing like legit gaming apps specifically for mobile because they're powerful enough to do it yeah, um, we, we've seen that. The um, Just recap that discussion. Nintendo Switch is basically an off-the-shelf Tegra processor, which has been in Android phones for like the last four years or something like that. Um, so it, it's not that processing power is really limited. It is that the imagination that's, is limited. That's an NVIDIA chip in that? Yeah. I, I don't think it's so much as a as a as a gamer. I don't think it's so much as the processing power. It's the functionality in which you can so Eddie, utilize what's happening in the game. Eddie's point was not so much that we should be doing stuff on tablets and, and phones instead of consoles. It's why aren't we putting better products out there for tablets because we can do it. Oh, oh no, you totally yeah. could. Like, um, if I hook up my like my iPad Pro, I have an iPad Pro. Uh, spoilers, rich guy. Not really. I, I don't. <laughs> I, um, but... Uh, I have an he iPad does Pro. have an iPad Pro, but he's also in debt up to his balls for it. Exactly. Uh, so the thing is, like, it's got fantastically more processing power, just more everything than my Nintendo Switch does. But there's not a single fucking game I play on my iPad Pro. I, I look at the App Store regularly for games because I'm always interested for that, like that that one that's going to break the break the mold for me, and it's going to be like that's the thing I want to play. And there's not a single game like that. On the other hand, I've spent like a hundred and something odd hours on uh, Zelda on the Switch, which is vastly, vastly less powerful. Um, the only real thing the Switch has going for it for me is the control scheme because it's got a controller and my iPad doesn't. Um, it, you can even break it down even further. Like the Switch. Oh my gosh, I can play it mobile. Uh, so can my iPad. Oh my gosh, I can play it on the TV. So can my iPad. Um, like the thing is the, 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 there's a vast dichotomy. They just don't make a Joy-Con controller for your they, iPad. They, they don't have a Joy-Con. They, they actually do make controllers for it. But the, the main thing I think here is why hasn't it taken off is because they don't ship with controllers in the box. So right. if you want to play games on your iPad, you're expected to buy a third party accessory, which is going to be uh, 50 to hundred bucks, which means that the iPad isn't a primarily gaming device. And so gamer gaming companies, game companies don't really approach it with, um, that idea that it's going to be a primary game device not to so, mention the ridiculous ridiculous battery the the ipad has these days it's insane oh yeah it's it's Are way way PUBG way players? way better than my switch um i don't play PUBG, but i am aware that it just came out on switch not too long ago so did fortnite well it also came out on mobile devices and yeah. apparently it's a big thing on mobile i don't know how it works i've played PUBG on console and i go yeah, how I have do to you check take, it out how do you take the idea of something that's been on console and PC for as long as it has, even before console was on PC? I have to check it out because I, I don't know what the like for me. It's to, mainly and go to and go to. It's mobile. mainly a control scheme thing for yeah. me. Like, uh, but that said, there's plenty of games on iPad and on iPhone and on Android. I'm sure that basically have like virtual D pads and stuff like that on mm-hmm. the screen and. It, 
I, I like I don't want to play a game like that. So like yeah, it almost a, doesn't make sense to me that Apple doesn't ship a controller in the box because for a if they did that's that. A gamer like having the control pad on your screen is kind of annoying because it interacts with everything else and details on the screen that are happening. Yeah. Anyway, that- so I I totally um didn't mean to derail anybody by the video game chat, but this, that's fine. This whole arm uh by 2020 thing is actually important for a couple of reasons. Number one, um Apple has been pretty dependent on Intel chips for the last 15ish years. I do believe you're correct. I think the transition from PowerPC to Intel was around 2004, 2005. Yeah. So um, this is huge because Apple's created something that actually can be competitive. Now, here's the other thing. Well, hold on. There's actually a lot of facets to this argument. So, uh, number one, by having Apple on Intel chips, it means you can easily virtualize and boot camp into Windows. Yes. So, there's no problem. You can easily, very easily, um, if you want to work in Windows, you can buy a MacBook, uh, install Windows, and you can use it. Or, or you can boot camp into means it. it's the x86 architecture. Yeah, basically. And so for nerds, like I'm just distilling it down for non-nerds because uh, you may not be aware of that. Um, so uh, that's that's kind of a big deal. The other big deal is that um, it's a lot easier to cross-compile uh, um, applications. So yep. you don't have to do any special work to compile. Um, you, you know, if your if your app is cross-platform across different x86 uh, processor types, like say Windows on uh, a PC and Macintosh uh, or OS OS 10 on a Macintosh or just Mac, as they say these days. Yeah, nobody, um, nobody says Macintosh anymore, bro. It's it's less work. There is a lot of work involved, but, um, you know, there, there's that whole thing uh, versus cross compiling for an entire different architecture. Like it's the difference between your iPhone and your Mac. Um, so obviously Mac apps don't just run on iPhone and vice versa. There's a lot of work that developers have to do for which that, is, which is sad, really, because I really like some some of the the apps that I use regularly on my iPhone to be available on the Mac, like the yeah, WWE so Network. There's a be great. here's a whole here's a whole shit ton of nerd news for you then. So here's the thing, like um, Apple transitioning to ARM Max is kind of important for a lot of different reasons. One is purely strategical. It's one less obstacle between can, uh, basically taking your iOS app, which at this point is the vastly more develop uh, uh, more developer friendly platform, vastly more popular platform um, than the yeah, Mac. Yeah, they sell they sell books that are like iOS development for kids. So it, it's 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 even farther than that. Like we the the amount of Macs sold compared to the amount of iPhones or iPads sold per year, it, it's not it's like not even worth talking about. It's so ridiculously uh, askewed. And not everybody has a Mac. Um, and this will help them in that. So it's going to be a lot easier soon, I think, to make your iOS app run on a Macintosh. Uh, number two, um, they've already started setting that up in the developer tool chain. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Marsman. Um, Marzipan is the code name of the project that is going to help it make it easier to cross compile your iOS app to a Mac. Isn't like a dessert. Yes. Uh, the other thing that's fantastically interesting about this to me is that it's the end of a sort of stronghold for Intel. Like this is a company deliberately choosing a pr- platform outside of Intel because uh, it has major advantages that Intel does not. Yeah, because uh, it was a major coup for Intel when Apple decided to actually start using i series processors. Well. I mean, it wasn't necessarily that. Uh, Apple started using uh, Intel processors before iSeries yeah, by far. Yeah, they were Pentiums, I guess. But I think, or, and I know the big ones. one, like I bought a MacBook in 2008, which was a Core 2, I want to say. Could have been a Core um, 2, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so they started around 2004, 2005. I can't remember if that was Penny America or what, but uh, they started using Intel before the iSeries chips for sure. Um, in any case, the interesting thing here is there. this is Apple, probably without a doubt, I think, the biggest producer of uh, PC computing hardware. Um, look, I stop. Just I know. I know you're sitting there going, but... But, you know, Dell makes blah, blah, blah. Just in aggregate, I think out of anybody, Apple's bigger than Dell. Apple's bigger than, you know, whatever your company of choice is. There's probably more physical I, PC hardware iPhones, out there. iPhones included, of course. It is, yeah, for sure. Uh, no, 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 no. Even skip iPhones. If we're just talking about x86 architecture right now, um, laptops and um, uh, desktop computers produced by Apple probably outweigh any other single company by at least two to one. I would argue that. Uh, I, mean, I would say if you take the iPhones out of the equation, they're not. Yeah, I mean, if if we add in iPhones, it's like seventy two to one. If you add in iPhones, it's it's huge. But I I think if you take iPhones and iPads out of the equation, but I then just it's not. I, I'd almost bet you that uh, um I don't know I have to go look up the numbers, but I bet there's more laptops sold by Apple than there are by Dell by a wide margin. I would seriously doubt that only for I know two reasons Enterprise business and blah blah blah. Business, yeah, enterprise stuff, and then affordability. Yeah, but anyway, um, they they are well. Okay, a better way to put it is, I know that they're the only market that's growing. Um, so uh, that's that's true. That that I'm sure of. Um, they are the only PC market that is basically growing. Um, okay, so anyway, here's the point. Um, Intel has had this stranglehold on the desktop architecture for quite a while. If you wanted to buy the best of anything, if you wanted to put a, a, a chip in your, your laptop, you know, if you're Dell and you want to put a chip in your laptop, it's going to be, without a doubt, an Intel chip. Um, unless you're going to go with some, bu- like, a budget AMD processor. And, like, They're don't even budget anymore. You got to... AMD, AMD is actually making some good shit right now. You but, look at their, um, some of their Threadripper shit, and it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying though, AMD is making some good shit right now, but they're not producing uh, um, the. They're high not the end. CPU of choice. Yeah, they're not. They're not producing the CPU of choice. They're not the high end, uh, uh, for the most part. That's going to go with Intel and uh, in Apple moving to something that's not x86 uh, with all the costs that come with that is huge, just because of what that is. So, um, what could they uh, gain by moving to ARM on the Mac? Well, the the primary one is power consumption. Like the most powerful ARM chips, uh, compared to the equivalent uh, x86 uh, processors, use like half the battery power at the most. Yeah, uh, there's there's four devices in this room as we're sitting here that have an Intel processor. Yeah, uh, which is and pretty one, two, three, four, five that don't. Yeah, at least um, I could count more. I'm sure if I move around the room, but um, so uh, we got i7. Like, i7, i5, and I think that's a Celeron. This is a, this is a questionable thing, I think, because Intel right now has basically like been eclipsed pretty completely by mobile um, because they don't really have a competitive mobile arf- offering. And uh, now they're actually even possibly lo- losing the stranglehold on desktops. So, so uh, I don't know. Intel's got some rough years ahead of it. Here's it my take. Their shit in the game. Uh, from an industry standpoint, um, especially in a uh, you know professional enterprise type environment, uh, I don't think that this hurts intel incredibly uh i don't think it hurts them much at first like first off i I don't discount i I think you you may discount the number of macs that apple makes and and granted i don't think like i i think without a doubt i think here's what apple is probably intel's single biggest customer here's what hurts apple they build their things to last 
I, I have a Mac in this room right now. It's a late 2012 model Mac Mini. And it can do everything that a current Mac can do, minus the with the exception of maybe being like uh, built-in um, HEVC support because it's, well, it's see, an older that's model. That's the thing. Like, but there's it, it's not really a matter of like being able to do everything because like you can go back to like 2000 and pick up a PC, and for the most part, like you can accomplish all the same stuff. It's just um, I, I'm just saying with the Mac that I have right now, it's a it's it's fucking six years old almost it's still good and it's still good it's i mean it's got 16 gigs of ram in it and it's ready to rock and roll right um i don't use it a ton because i i'm not hugely familiar with osx and and everything that i can do uh i just i basically have it so i could learn how to use it but it 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 is up there right now with a lot of uh basic you know bring it home and install it pcs kind of thing it's not a gaming machine yeah, but it's it's a decent machine for being six years old. So I'm saying if they if they built things that that uh, went obsolete a little more quickly, <laughs> they might sell more units. Well, so that's the thing. Like, I don't know that they're building things that are more obsolete. I think like like legitimately, um, I don't have like for a lot of the devices I bought up until, you know, this rest, recent couple of years, like don't get me wrong. I'm still in kind of a two year up grade cycle with my phones but that's not necessarily because i feel like i have to like when i started that whole thing like by the time the end of my two years was up it was like holy shit i need this next phone because it's so much faster it's so much better than my current phone like i'm, I'm still on my iphone 7 plus i think i'm at the end of my two years in about six ish months and i don't really feel the like urge like i don't really like there's reasons i want to upgrade but they're small in in comparison it's mostly like new shiny not like oh my god i cannot use this piece of shit phone anymore um same thing with my ipad my ipad pro um it's actually fairly newish and i just i'm having a hard time picturing like how this device doesn't last me at least four years um it it's incredible i'm actually i have a 6s plus and really if eddie and i put them side by side there's not a huge difference no Except for I think your home button still clicks and my home button still clicks. Click. That's 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 the biggest difference probably between the two of them. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's amazing to me that more people aren't with. Uh, I don't know. I was anti Apple for a long time, and when Jobs was in charge, there were some business practices that I felt like were maybe there not. Still are. Yeah, there still are. But I, but that's the thing is there are with about any company now. Samsung suffers from it. LG suffers from it. Like there's, there's lots of things wrong with how companies do business. And I don't think if I, I mean if you're going to hold everybody to that standard, then you wouldn't buy a phone at all. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, my iPhone does something that none of my Android phones ever did, which is when I pick it up, it just does what I want it to do. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't have to root it to make it do that. I don't have to deal with a shit ton of bloatware. Um, there's just a lot of things that, that are to me, a positive battery life. I mentioned that with the iPad earlier. It's the same thing with the iPhone. I love the fucking battery life because you I don't have to charge my without, phone like, three times throughout about, the day. Yeah. Um, all right. So lots of, lots of pluses there. Uh, the thing is, is I don't, because I, I happen to work in an environment where, uh, it wouldn't be feasible to use Macs. So I know that corporation, um, Corporations aren't going to drop Intel anytime soon. And there's lots of corporations that use Intel right now. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I again, I'm just saying like this is not necessarily like an Intel's dead tomorrow sort of shift. No, no, no. It, um, it it's big for Apple, but it's big. It, it's it's not even it's big huge for Apple. Apple, like if I were Intel, I would like Intel has to be internally struggling with this news. Uh, um, like first off, it's probably not news to them. They probably got an idea because I'm guessing that their orders go are like you know year, months down. or years in advance, and I'm guessing those orders have you know stopped or slowed significantly from Apple. That's a big piece of news because it's Apple's not the only maker of ARM chips. Uh, other companies can make ARM chips that are, you know, good. Um, and Nvidia so, we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And, and and don't get me wrong. The Apple chips that they're making and putting into their, their stuff are vastly ahead of Nvidia chips right now and vastly ahead of the other industry offerings as far as ARM chips go. Um, but somebody else is going to figure that out pretty soon. And so for Intel, they need to be worried because like one of their main, you know, uh, uh, holds on the market is basically just the x86 architecture, which is not clearly the only way to do computing. A lot of people, a lot of people give Apple shit for being like the last in line for a lot of new features and whatnot. But uh, I think most people forget that the iPhone was one of the first phones to rock a 64 bit processor. I mean, they're not. And that's huge. That's that's actually giant. They're the last in line to do features well. Well, that's because uh, facial recognition, number one, like the iPhone X is, that's the big thing, is it doesn't have a home button, um, so instead of the, um, the thumbprint yeah. or whatever, it does face ID. Guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't unlock your phone if you hold a picture of somebody's face in front of it. Yeah, basically. Uh, so, Samsung can't say that. All right, another, um, let's move on. Let's talk about the end of Windows. This is going to tie into the same thing. I put this link in the show notes. Actually, there's been a big restructuring at Microsoft recently. Um, uh, CEO Satya, Satya Nadella um, has restructured Microsoft in such a way that uh, Windows is no longer its own division. Um, Windows, the Windows group has actually gotten rolled into another one, and I can't remember what it is. Is it uh, under the Azure arm? I think probably, but I can't remember for sure. Because that would be the uh, cloud equivalent of Active Directory. Yeah, I, yeah, you're you're definitely correct. Um, so this is interesting because I think, um, for especially the previous decade, um, Windows was basically Microsoft's bread and butter. Um, it, it, Steve Ballmer famously was like, "Windows everywhere. That's our strategy." Blah blah blah. Windows, Windows, Windows. Um, and of course, that was almost killing the company. Like they entirely missed the mobile explosion. Um, you know, they got rele- relegated to a distant, distant, distant third or even fourth, depending on how you look at it. Right. Um, and you know, now windows phone is basically, uh, on all, all but dead. A joke. Yeah. It's a, it, joke, it, it's a it joke for sure. But I think even inside of Microsoft, I think windows phone is like dead. Uh, I don't think they're going to further develop or push, you know, updates did, and stuff. Did like you that. hear that Nokia? You backed the wrong horse. Yeah, well, Nokia in its in and of itself is like another tragic, you know, hero in the whole uh, um, technology saga. So, uh, anyway, Windows is now not even its own division anymore. It's relegated as a part of other divisions, um, which I thought was a very interesting piece of news because we've gotten to this shift uh, where that's that's a whole thing. So here's here's my take on this. Um, I I run IT in a in a largely Windows shop. Uh, Microsoft shop, I should say. Yep. The uh, the thing about this that actually makes a lot of sense to me is that I, with Windows 10 and the way they handle updates, I kind of called this a year ago where I don't think we're going to get a Windows 11 or 12. Uh, or they've been else. very vocal about stating exactly that. There they're, is no Windows 11. Windows 10 is the end game. We're, we're just getting incremental updates at this point. Um, now, whether or not it stays... Um, on a platform where once you have it, you have it, 
I don't know, or if they're going to go to a subscription base, much like they do with uh, Office 365 or Azure Active Directory. Um, that remains to be seen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it rolled over in the same division that handles all the cloud stuff, the Office 365 and the Azure stuff. Um, it doesn't mean it's the end of Windows. It just means it's the end of Windows as we have known it for the last 25 fucking years. Well, what I mean, I think the play here is that um, Windows is no longer like I think when it's going to be like free to play. Basically, I think Windows is going to be like you get it. Uh, if you want Windows, sort of like with Windows 10, Windows 10, uh, it went from like Windows 7 Ultimate, where, which was like $279 or something like that if you wanted to buy it for your computer. That to, was just for the upgrade. Yeah, to Windows so 10, to Windows 10, which I got for $40, I want to say $40. Um, No, actually, I got Windows 10 as a free update I got Windows to 10 Windows free. 8. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you wanted to buy it, the pro version was like $60 or something like that. Um, and I so, think I got my Windows 8 upgrade for like 15 fucking dollars or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so I think, the, I think the thing here is that like Windows is now going to be a default, basically, and you don't have to worry about paying for Windows. You have to worry about paying for everything else. And such. Uh, in, what I mean is that like uh, OneDrive is now very, very much like in your face and like, get it, please. Um uh office is also the same way like um I, i've complained on the t- on the show many times before and i think this is switched since i've been on insider builds but um um it used to be like every single time i would install an update the get office app would show back up and start yeah. pushing me notifications and shit like that even if you have office which that's annoying yeah it's not it's not as bad anymore they stopped doing that but yeah so i'm, I'm just saying like i think the, i think like, mostly because of the show yeah it, I, I do think we were the tor- turning point for sure um I think that that's kind of the play moving forward is that um, Windows is not going to like Windows is now going to be basically free to play in that you can get it for free uh, or next to free, um, but expect to have numerous things that are going to tie on and try to get you to spend money, um, which is gross. Honestly, it's, it's another for me, nail in Windows coffin. And maybe I'm just reading uh, like the, 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 this is not in what they announced. It's just me kind of reading the tea leaves and how they've been doing business lately um you think they've adopted the ea model a, a little bit so microsoft still hasn't moved too far down the path where like windows 10 first off i think is more intrusive and more aggressive about this type of shit than i would really ever possibly like it to be windows 10 is um, funny because it's the operating system that i both love and hate the most yeah exactly um it is really really good except for the shit that's really really bad that has no business being there um and so there's that whole aspect of things that I don't really like. Um, but it's also interesting to me because, like, when Balmer was president, I couldn't get Office on my iPad. Uh, and now that uh, Nadella took over, that was, like, one of the first things that happened was uh, Office got ported to iPad. For free. For free. Um, <laughs> or Well, not exactly free. Um, again, it's, like, free to play, whereas you can do very, very basic stuff like view documents, but you can't exactly do a lot of things that you'd want to. Like, I, mean, I ran into a wall. I, I have... Very, very tiny amounts Can of Can you create a, 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 com- uh, a complete complex spreadsheet through Excel on the free app? No. But... No, no. I mean, not even that far, though. I think I think it might be read-only was free. Um, because, I, like, I actually started paying for an Office 365 sub, uh, you know, because obviously I fell for the business model um, because I wanted to do something simple like uh, save it to Dropbox or something like that. Um, so, anyway, uh, just... 
it's interesting to me that Windows is, like I said, it's not its own division anymore. That's like sort of a milestone in and of itself. It, it kind of is a big, you know, precursor to the shifting and in, inside of Microsoft. Uh, but it's also something that like, I would just keep a little bit of an eye on because if free to play is a bad model for the consumer, like free to play, like you think it's a good model. Cause you're like, Oh, I can play shit like that now. Oh, super fun. But it's bad. It's bad in the long term. I mean, universally. there's a reason that no matter how many MMOs have come out in the last 15 years, that world of Warcraft is the only one that isn't free to play. And it's the only one that actually still is relevant. And it, you know, it charges a sub every month. So yeah. Okay, last piece of tech news, and then we're going to, I think, take a beer break. Um, this is hopefully going to be a quick one, but Mozilla uh, recently released a Facebook container extension. And so what this means, basically, is you know how you drop into private browsing mode, um, sometimes to watch porn or shop for gifts? Mostly um, porn. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, they basically created a thing for Facebook that uh, does that, but just for Facebook. So it isolates Facebook so that things like all of the Facebook tracking bullshit doesn't follow you around the entire internet. Um, and that when you, you know, aren't, you know, using Facebook, it's not getting all of your browsing data and stuff like that in the way that Facebook currently does. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw this in real quick here. And this should let everybody know just exactly how intrusive Facebook is in your life, even if you don't have the app open um i turned my tv on last night upstairs in the bedroom uh we have a fire tv that automatically turns on uh most of the time because we have it on that input anyway uh it's a fire stick yep uh it didn't work at first i had to like go and unplug it and plug it back in and and you know do the same thing on the hdmi before it actually kicked back in so we get everything started. The first thing that happens after my wife actually uh, comes to bed and turns her, like, looks at her phone and opens Facebook. Big old ad for the Amazon Fire TV. Like, if you sign into anything with Facebook, like, they know your shit. So we like- didn't sign in to the Fire Stick, but. It just is one of those things where, like, people think their phones aren't listening or whatever devices well, are. So that's they do. It, like, it's, it's passive. Yeah, they do. No, no, no. Hold on. Um, with iOS in particular, like, it's not possible for phones to listen in on certain things. Like, everybody thinks their microphone's on all the time, and that's not necessarily possible. But what is possible is the amount of data you share between things. So, like, what you don't realize is that, like, Facebook isn't just... Uh, paying attention when you browse the Facebook app. It is paying attention to all of the websites that have some Facebook linkage enabled. And sometimes that's not even overtly linked. One of the things that's annoying about Facebook is that even if you, so like today, if I delete my Facebook, um, there's still going to be data collected about me from Facebook, surely by the people that uh, either used to be friends with me on Facebook or that mentioned me in some way on Facebook and so on and so forth. Um, there's just a million, million ways that Facebook shares data about you that you don't think is possible that yeah. creates all these incredibly intrusive and creepy behaviors. Uh, so yeah, Facebook's gross. Um, and so this, it, is, this is the thing for me. Mozilla um, releasing a Facebook container extension is basically admission, I think, that Facebook should be treated as malware. Like you should be treating it as like, oh, this is an infectious thing that I shouldn't like. I need to put it in a quarantine, you know, silo container where that's the only thing I do is look at Facebook. In which case, I think the clear, obvious choices like just I, don't. I use think the Facebook. the short way of saying this is Facebook is Skynet, and we didn't create it, but we allowed it to become what it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, it's it's horrible. It, it really is. Like, and and. Also, at the same time, like, there's things about it that are incredibly fucking useful. Like, the three of us, uh, you know, Eddie, Bailey, and I actually have a group chat on Facebook yeah, Messenger. I was going to mention that before. I don't want to do that anymore. Quite a bit. 
Um, <laughs> today, Eddie asked a simple question, which is, do I get cheddar and bacon brats or just cheddar or no beer brats? It automatically was like, hey, do you want to turn this into a poll? A poll. And so I was That's like. That's how you did that? I was yeah. going to ask. So, like, it no, asked me. No. And I said yes. And mm-hmm. it just was like, there you go. Not There's only a poll. A, but I have a magic group for Magic the Gathering card game that goes, okay, do you want to set a time? Like, when do you want to set this date? When do you want to do that? It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. That, that, See, but that's, that's the thing. Like, it, all it, it's doing, like, right there, like, even creating that poll, like, it's collecting advertiser data. Like, it's looking yeah. at that and saying, like, oh, more people like cheddar and bacon broths. It, like, it does It does the same thing if I send out a group and I was like, hey, do you guys like the, do you, do you guys like the group Bush? And, like, if I send that out to you, it's going to give you a little thing that you could push. It's like, do you want to listen to Bush? And you just click it and it opens yeah. whatever so, music app you have. So anyway, suffice it to say, I, I I don't I don't know how much longer I'm going to actually have a profile on Facebook. I don't think it's very long. Honestly, like every day I'm just like, I, I need to delete it. But at first I need to make sure like the three uses I have left for it, which is basically the, the three of us is group chat. And I'm even hard pressed to find a second to. Uh, 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 here's a big secret. Bailey actually has a phone number that he can text on. Like a text message number yeah yeah, yeah. the other thing text. i was going to mention is like telegram or signal um telegram uh, um is a chat messaging protocol application which uh is encrypted and stuff like that signal uh encrypted as well famously um got popularized because lots of reporters were using it to uh, uh basically not leak sources and shit like that so anyway the short story is Guys, if if you want to value your privacy in any way whatsoever, uh, start moving away from Facebook because it's not going to be too long before they know absolutely everything about you if they don't already, and they're going to use it in gross ways. Like one of the most recent news stories I read was along the lines of like Facebook trying to get doctors to leak patient data, which they claimed were going to be anonymized, but which internally were going to be linked up to uh, user profiles based on the information they provided because it's not that hard to link it up. Like if, for example, you go to a certain place every Tuesday and there's a patient that shows up at this place every Tuesday, it's not that hard to draw a conclusion about, you know, who a person is. Which, and then, by the way, now being, being is a, somebody is that works in healthcare, that's, that's bullshit. Like, yeah, that is that's, entirely bullshit. Yeah, I know. It's a massive HIPAA violation. Um, but again, they were saying, like, we'll, anon- we'll take the anonymized data. The problem is that Facebook knows so much about you, they can very easily de-anonymize it. So, yeah, um, it's, it's weird. Like, I'm super careful with my Facebook uh, profile, even, like, especially when it, like, pertains to work. Like, Facebook does not know I work where I work because I don't uh, want to. But they to. do. I almost guarantee they do because it's how many funny. friends from work are you Facebook friends with? Only a couple. It's like, funny because I bet that's enough. I'd almost guarantee. I'd have almost you as well. I um, would almost guarantee. Like I, I'd be willing to bet a hundred dollars right now that it could tell you where each of the three of us work. Actually, period. the only Even people it's not on my profile. It's not on your profile, and, and I don't know if it's on Bailey's, but probably the, not. for some reason my profile says I work at Lynn Benton Community College. I don't know why. I don't know how. But I'm just saying, like, I bet you, I bet you Facebook knows. whether Whatever your profile says, I bet, because you can arbitrarily set that, I bet you Facebook knows where you really work. Like, they've got location data. Probably. They've, they got, your friend, they've data. got your friend list. Ba- based on your friend's I, I list alone, they could probably triangulate where you work. Not mine. Because I think the only two people, maybe there's three people that I work but with. That even I'm go past that, with. like what you post, like what you post, they, it's all aggregate data. So like you may say, well, he's friends with these three people. Um, For me, it's probably pretty hard actually. They work at this place. And then you add in like uh, the po- the type of postings you have and the language used within. And I bet you they could figure it out. But anyway, that's enough creeping out. For now, let's go grab a beer and then we'll come back and talk about a whole bunch of other, you know, not so crappy shit.
All right, we're back. We've got uh, we've got a couple of things close uh, to kind of talk about real quick before we get into WrestleMania a little bit. Um, so the first thing I have for you is a podcast recommendation. Um, so uh, the Adventure Zone podcast um, redacted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whatever show pod. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I I recommend you continue to listen to this show to its completion. Um, no, the uh, podcast recommendation I have for you is the Adventure Zone. The reason I recommend it is because I have been listening nonstop to this show for the last. Should like, I start it from the beginning? Months? Yes, start from the beginning. Uh, anybody asking, the answer is start from the beginning. Um, so what this podcast is is essentially it starts off as a D and D podcast. Um, they do about sixty nine episodes of D and D. But here's. There, there's two cells here. So number one, if you're not on board, if you're like, oh god, D and D, what a bunch of fucking nerds. Number one, you're right. D and D is always a little bit nerdy. I'm already uh, jacking off. It's weird. Yeah, it is strange. And <laughs> He's I just not kidding, guys. I wish you'd put it away, but we can't get him to stop. Um, number two, though, is the dog's uh, interested, so not, he's probably gonna keep doing it. It starts I off with peanut butter there. It starts off very much like a run-of-the-mill sort of D&D podcast with a bunch of really, really funny people. So it's uh, hosted by the McElroy brothers, uh, otherwise known... Oh, uh, the McElroys. Yeah. From, do you know that or no. are you just making fun of me? <laughs> um, they have a, they have a, well, they have a gigantic podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me or yeah, I, I have heard of that, yeah. Okay, so they do that podcast primarily, and it also has their dad in it. So uh, it's the three brothers and their dad that uh, perform or do the thing. And it starts off sort of as a, um, uh, you know, D&D, you know, generic D&D podcast, but it progresses into this huge narrative over, you know, the course of 69 episodes that is just flat out amazing. It has some it, truly, truly great, like one of some of my favorite, like media moments in it. Uh, each of these guys is hilarious. Like there's a reason like why you've heard of this podcast. Like it's rare enough that people have ever heard of a podcast that's not, um, um say like This American Life or Serial. Um, but I find a lot more people have heard of Mibim. I think everybody though has heard of of the whatever show definitely i mean it has become a household name and i just billion people i didn't want to we're life-changing because i i didn't want to i didn't want to make this about us revolution um, you know how like ty pennington goes and remodels houses for poor people like that's essentially what we do for your ears for podcasting really yeah. um the yeah. they, the macros can't the macros can't i can't even say that anymore they came to me and they were like how do we make a better podcast and i was like well first drink copiously and then slur all of your speech um uh and they were like all right, sign me up. Uh, no, but anyway, it's a very, very good podcast. Um, it's it's very fun, even in the original, because it is so funny um, starting out. And then it builds onto this narrative that becomes really, really super amazing. They basically do a, a D&D campaign over the course of three years that is a very, very, very satisfying uh, narrative story that has all of these funny moments because it is still guys riffing, you know, creating these characters and doing these things. Uh, and then they moved into... Uh, um, where I'm at right now, which is a few months behind, um, this sort of like experimental arc session where they play different game uh, uh, mechanics, as in they move from D&D to, I think they tried this game called Fate, and right now they're playing Monster Hunter, um, which is, uh, I can't remember the system that's based off of, and then there's another system they're going to do I next. Know, Monster Hunter's huge right now. But like, Monster Hunter is off of a Nintendo, like... 3ds system yeah but they, but they moved there's a, it to there's multi-platform an, there's an rpg no 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 it's not the same it's thing it's an engine oh there's, there's oh, an rpg there's an RPG, rpg system 
Um, Age of Apocalypse? No, that's not right. That's the, that's the it, it's something storyline from the nineties. Yeah, it's something something Apocalypse. I can't remember exactly what what it is, but um, it's based off of that system, and they tell it, it. But it's still an RPG, you know, narrative tabletop game. Um, and then they're going to do another one here in a, in a bit that I haven't listened to. And then they're starting their season two, which is going to be basically the next. You know, like they did sixty sixty nine episodes of the the first arc called uh, Balance, and then they did a few, you know, five episode one shots basically um, ish. And and now they're going to move to their next big season, which is going to be another, you know, you know, I'm 50, 60 episodes. Actually, in the process of trying to convince these guys to uh, start WoW subscriptions so we can we can podcast about that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it, it's, it, it's very enjoyable people talking about very funny stuff that has a very narr- narratively satisfying stuff. So check it out. Uh, the Adventure Zone. Somewhat D&D on. related. Somewhat D&D related on some somewhat of a similar subject. As comic book fans, would as... Would you guys be interested in comic books that were related to D and D stories? I mean, obviously, that also happened. they they did. Um, th- that's th- this has actually grown bigger than that. Like they've done a few live shows with thousands in attendance. Um, and when I say a few, I, I want to say it's like half dozen now. Um, they've got some comic one shots. Uh, that they've done based on the the stories. Like, um, me and my buddy. This like... is this is one of the like it's it's very easy to not hear about a podcast because, like I said, outside of Serial or This American Life, you haven't okay. heard about basically any podcast. There's millions of podcasts. But oh, yeah. this one is huge. Like this has a huge, huge following. Because um, I haven't heard of this one yet. What it's like? No, I did. I didn't. It's called the Adventure Zone. The Adventure it, it is Zone? a very silly name. It starts off a little bit silly, it gets a little bit serious, but it always kind of maintains a lighter tone to it. Um, but yeah, I'd check it out. I listened to the first four or five episodes, and then it was just like, well, I can't fucking stop this. And now it's been I I don't know like a month and a half. See, and I would I've just dig been... the shit out of this because I love fucking D and D, and I've been playing it for. God, it's it's decade, good. It's almost. good. It's really good. Um, it's man, it, you're old. It starts off with um, it starts you're off with older. basically like one one person, which is the the brother that knows the system um as the DM, and the other ones who maybe one of them is like got a little familiar familiarity, and then the dad who of course knows nothing, and the other brother who knows nothing. Um, they start playing the game, so it's kind of fun because if you've never played D anD D before, like that's the thing if you're if you're still sitting at home and you're like oh man D, what a bunch of fucking nerds like listen to this podcast because it becomes very clear very quickly why it's a fun game why if you're so many that biased like against D nerds you're not still listening to our show i, I, I can almost so, guarantee probably. that um i wouldn't be here unless <laughs> it's for the silky smooth dulcet tones of my voice that's probably it um <laughs> more like leonard cohen yeah, so anyway, that, that's enough knows. That's enough talking about a podcast that's not mine. Uh, check that out, theadventurezone. Uh, I don't know exactly what the .com is. Just search it, Adventure Zone. Um, it's by Maximum Fun, which is a podcast that hosts John Hodgman's shit and some other very famous podcasts. At least, again, if you'd not to be ever confused with of, Maximum Effort. No, that's a different thing. Um, that's pretending to Deadpool. Yeah. Next piece of news. Inside Amazon's $250 million Lord of the Rings deal... Um, it's very much a creature of the times. So Amazon is producing a uh, series, uh, Lord of the Rings series. They've got at least two hundred and fifty million goddamn dollars invested in this. Uh, so safe to That's say, a lot of millions of dollars. That yes. is, uh, and, and actually, one one piece of speculation said it might be upwards of a billion by the time the run is over. I wouldn't be surprised. So I think we're, what we're looking at is like Game of Thrones, like season six ish production values. I think the most important question is, do we get Tom Bombadil? I think if they're going to do a series, we definitely get Tom Bombadil. I don't think I don't think there's the, any reason not to. 
the last time I heard of this deal, Ian McKellen said, I would love to do Gandalf for this. I don't know if they're going to get McKellen because I think it's kind of its own thing. But I bet they won't just because of its, the fact that it's its own thing. It's not a prequel, that he wouldn't be right? willing to. No, it's it's the the redoing. The redoing. It is the Lord everything. of the Rings story. Yeah. Oh my god. But as a as a TV Dude, series. At this point, why don't you do the fucking Salmarillion? Because they already did that. There's there's a bunch of fucking shit from that in the Hobbit movies. There is, uh, in fact, that's how they turned right? the shortest yeah. shortest yeah. book by far into a three uh, uh three a hour three, movie three yeah. and a half hour trilogy. Movie trilogy yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously this is not Peter Jackson. I only have that book because of work. <laughs> this is not Peter Jackson doing this. Yeah, you took it from a library for old people. Good job. Uh, so, I yeah, they're redoing it. They're not, we're not going to get the same people uh, as any of these people, even Although though. Although, I did, I, I don't remember where I read this and I don't have a source for it right now, but I did remember reading or hearing somewhere along the lines of, like, it's not going to be completely, completely divorced from, uh, the Peter Jackson stuff. But how do you tell the same story and have it not be? Well, I mean, well, it's going to be different, but I think you might see some... Like, you're going to see it through the orb size? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be a retelling, but I don't think that it's necessarily going to be like... It's not going to be like a hard reboot, and that, like, nothing is the same, and everything's completely different. Well, and why actually, not bring back characters like that's, Gandalf? That's what I was going to say. It wouldn't like, actually terribly shock me if uh, they did bring back a character or two here and there. Um, yeah. Suffice it to say... Big fucking deal, $250 million to buy the rights. Uh, like, that's just, that's just to get the thing on the thing. Like, that doesn't even count production costs. Did Pete like Jackson that. still own the rights to that? Uh, or no, fucking it was, it was to, uh, the, the, um, Tolkien estate. Like, they yeah. don't, they don't, they still own the rights. Um, yeah. The, the Tolkien family still owns all that shit. Yeah, so um, I'm excited. Like we're getting, like again, there's a lot of nerd properties on the horizon that I'm very excited about. Uh, there is a supposed Mistborn trilogy series uh, coming soon. There is a proposed uh, um, the Wheel of Time series. There's a proposed King Killer Chronicle. Those are like three of my favorite properties ever, and then Lord of the Rings too. Um, so that's supposedly all in the way. So. Uh, getting to be a good, good time to be a nerd. Um, not that you know we're we're already kind of in our renaissance. I expect that yeah. pretty soon we'll be getting stuff in lockers again by jocks. Uh, but you know, for now, let's just let's just enjoy it. Um, uh, next piece in the miscellaneous section: Stephen King's The Stand. Speaking of quasi nerd news, Stephen King's The Stand will be adapted into a ten-hour limited series by CBS. So are we not Access. doing the movie now? I don't know. I don't know. I definitely you almost did hit yourself in the eye with your pop filter. I, I, and that was I actually, amazing. I did hit myself with the pop filter. It's not important. We shouldn't talk about it. It doesn't sound I, like. We're I think we should. I think we should spend another ten minutes focusing if, on the fact that I you, think you literally hit yourself bruise. in the eye with a piece if of equipment the folks that at home move. You have a tender nerd face. I think. I th- yeah, I think it um, looks like Rhonda punched you in the face. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm for this, although I don't know that it's still necessarily going to be what CBS All Access needs to sell subs. You know, I don't. First off, I think if Star Trek doesn't sell subs enough nothing for them, will. nothing's gonna. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, um, it, at least nothing, nothing in singularity is going to, if it comes to the fact that it's like, uh, Hey, you should buy Netflix because they have daredevil, but also stranger things, but also altered carbon, but also, you know, revolt, but also, you know, 10 other properties because it, and again, I'm naming not the greatest examples of that outside of stranger things and daredevil, but there's plenty of stuff I think on Netflix that should sell subs in aggregate. Yeah. So here's my thing. Netflix has an interface that isn't necessarily the best user interface I've ever seen. It sucks. Uh, it actually sucks hot donkey balls. Because it's different, like, depending on how you use it. And I fucking hate that. No, it's because it sucks hot donkey balls and it's completely counterintuitive. And um, it doesn't matter what platform you use it on but, or how you use it. It sucks all the but time. But there's literally a shit ton of properties that you will want to watch on it. So it, That's it makes true, it yes. okay. Yep. Um, CBS All Access has an absolute fucking donkey shit interface and only has one show that I want to watch right now. So. Right. Yes. It's not going to sell me a subscription. So, uh, I am excited for this though, because I was a big fan of the miniseries, um, the Stephen King, the stand miniseries. Of course, I like the Stephen King books, uh, um, you know, the, the, well, the book, the stand, um, fuck me. I'm just going to yeah. bang that. Eddie, Eddie's going to hit the same pop filter a hundred times because he's never recorded a fucking podcast before. This is my first time. Is the stand up there? Uh, I don't somewhere. have time to read all I think the titles. I have a paperback up there. Yeah, I uh, think it's yeah, yeah, behind. Yeah. It's, it's up there. It's right there. It's, it's right paperback. there. First right paperback up front. Stand. Blue and black. Blue and black. Yeah, right okay, there. Okay, I got you. I got you. Got gotcha. you. Um, so it's getting adapted into a 10 hour limited series on CBS All Access. I'm excited for that because it's a good story. Um, there's a reason why Stephen King is a, you know, piece of, uh, a, a pop culture icon, if you will. It's because he keeps telling these fantastically amazing stories. Stephen King's a good storyteller. It doesn't matter if you like it, horror. He, he, he also tells stories that are not that. And it, like, if you move into the fantasy genre and you read the Dark Tower stuff. Eyes of the Dragon or also Dark Tower. really fucking good. So. Uh, Hearts of Atlantis is fucking amazing. And not a horror story. Yeah, but so, anyway. um, the stand is quintessentially Stephen King stuff, and I really enjoyed even the miniseries, which, looking back, kind of sucked. Uh, but it, it's it's really good, and I I'm looking forward to this. So I threw it in the notes because um, yeah, I like it. We'll did you guys watch the Dark Tower by chance? Uh, I did not. I did, and I I, I kind of regretted it a little bit. Are you serious? Uh, uh, it's so he, not good. Here's, here's the thing. Oh, my God. Going into this, when it was uh, before it hit theaters, I told Eddie something along the lines of, I think I'd rather hit myself in the balls and watch this, and I didn't. And Fuck. You might, have, you might just save yourself some time, hit yourself in the balls, and then pretend like this never happened, because it's not a good movie. No. That makes me really, really It's upsetting, sad. because it had all this stuff there to be a good movie, but yeah. then it's not a good Including, movie. Including uh, Eater Salva. Hemdall. Like, Soulstone. Like, it's like in Men in Black, when... Um, like when the, the alien landed and it put on the Edgar suit and you knew it wasn't Edgar inside. It's like that. It's like, it's like Hollywood put on the, the, the dark tower suit and you're like, no, that's, that's not, that's not the dark tower. Edgar, your, your skin's hanging off your bones. It was, it was just trying and, to eat and, sugar all the time. And then the dark tower was like, I need sugar, uh, yeah. in water. You need, you yeah. need sugar water. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like that. So don't do that. Basically yeah. it's not. I mean, save time, smash your balls, don't wash, don't watch, uh, uh don't dark wash tower. your balls. Well, wash them, I guess. Uh, I mean, we're not animals. Um, with Dove. With Dove. <laughs> this week's Whatever You Show brought to you by Dove Soap. Um, <laughs> that's right. Folks, don't have smelly balls. Wash them with Dove Soap. Um, they're Silky good for your smooth. skin. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, should we, should we, we talk? Can we talk music for a minute? Oh, I mean, God, it, yes, it's your show. Let's see what you, uh, whatever. You all want. right, let's start with Bailey because Bailey actually just went and saw a concert uh, two days ago, and I'll so, let him. In the same day, 
I had two great things happen. One, I got to see one of my idols of I all lost time. My virginity. Jonathan no, Davis. That's where I was going. I wish. <laughs> um It'll happen someday, don't worry. Don't tease me. Um Well, I mean if Jonathan... you play your cards right, I've had a couple of beers. We'll see. Fuck yeah. Alright. Jonathan Davis live. But in the same day also another band John- that I Jonathan have... Davis sans corn? Yes. Okay, interesting. So this basically he did the uh Queen of the Dam soundtrack. Yes and no. I know that, yeah. Yes and no. So the, he, this is his second tour by himself. The first tour was 10 years ago, and he based it off of a song that he did, Alone I Break, years ago. His first song he ever did on an acoustic album. Not Bailey. Jonathan Davis. No, Jonathan yeah, yeah, Davis. Yeah, I gotcha. So he did this, and WB owns the rights to the Queen of the Damned songs, and so Korn couldn't play them live. So he's like, well, I really want to perform these live. That's actually not true. Corn can play them live. What? What? That's Are not how serious? copyright works. They can they can do anything they want live. It just can't be recorded and reproduced. The only, yeah, that may be the problem. The only reason he couldn't do it live is because Epic at the time owned Corn. Like Doesn't matter. Like uh, for stuff, I, I, it's safe to say that there's probably some copyright bullshit in the middle there. there but there yeah, was I some think bullshit right, you, going on because you can do covers and shit like that. You can all do the time. whatever you want live. It doesn't matter as long as nobody records it and reproduces it. I, and I think that may be the issue because, like, it's hard for a band that that stature to do stuff live without it being re- reproduced or, like, with without, like, ne- wanting and reproducing it yourself. Like, well, you also can't be held liable for what your fans do either. So that's true. Yeah. I think Jonathan himself said the only reason I couldn't do these live is because we were owned by Epic at the time. Now, there might have been beef between Epic and I'm WB. Just, I'm just saying, like, most likely, that. the most likely but, case is he was vastly simplifying a, a bigger problem. Uh, yeah, my, yeah. my impression just, is that the label probably wouldn't pay for the tour if he did shit like that live. Let's just take it for granted that that's the case. Yeah. Yes. So the first he did, he Sorry, based I don't it, mean to be an asshole. I just am. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. He based it off of. I mean, you're not wrong, but also maybe wrong for a different reason. You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He he wanted to perform these songs because everybody wanted to hear it in his voice and how he wrote them because he wrote because nobody wanted to fucking hear David Draymond sing those songs or Static X or anybody else. Everybody, fucking Wayne Static or Marilyn, suck a dick. Sorry. or or Marilyn Manson. I like Marilyn Manson. So I do I. I won't talk shit about him. I like David so Draymond I. too, for that matter. I, I actually I really like, like that soundtrack. I, like, I, I remember being both infatuated with that movie, but especially the that soundtrack. It's at the weird because it I watched which, that movie and it's not. Isn't it Jonathan Davis singing? It's it's the kind of bad. in the movie, but it not is. on the soundtrack. It right. Is. It so, is. Yeah. It's it's weird because being a Corn fan and knowing Jonathan Davis's voice and then seeing this other actor playing Lestat in Queen of the Damned, singing as Stuart, Jonathan Davis, Stuart Townsend. Yeah, it is. It's weird for me because I'm like, that's not your voice. That's Jonathan Davis's voice. I actually I really like their choice for Lestat in that movie, even though I really it worked. It worked. I really hated the movie overall because I think it strayed from the books way more than it should. I, I think that's a property that's due for a reboot. Let's just I say. think we're getting one oh, at some yeah. point. An Anne Rice. And if JD's voice uh, showed backed. up again, I wouldn't be upset. It's not going to, but yeah. It, it worked for the album. It worked like, for don't the, get me wrong. The, I I, the I watched that in theaters. I really enjoyed the movie. I really love the soundtrack still. But there's no fucking way that uh, so, Jonathan Davis is coming back for a reboot. My, my problem with that movie, like they're not gonna, th- like it's they're not like sitting there thinking like we're gonna do a reboot of the Queen of the Dam shit. Like let's get Jonathan Davis. Like that's not happening. I'm just saying they're thinking like Jonathan Davis is like. And don't get me wrong, again, not slagging Jonathan Davis, but he's very much a property of the time. So my my problem with that movie was that. Queen of the Damned and The Vampire Lestat were actually two of my favorite books of that series. 
and they took parts from both of them and kind of bastardized the entire story, um, which detracted from the entire experience for me. I did enjoy the soundtrack when I watched the movie, but then I listened to the soundtrack afterward, obviously, and didn't get what I got in the movie in that. Yeah. And I'm not even the biggest Korn slash Jonathan Davis fan. Like, I don't particularly think that he's the greatest singer on the face of the planet, but there's some of the things that he did for that soundtrack that I thought were actually really well done. And then you can't, he, he, he brought the, the goth end of a vampire's like perspective into that movie very, very well. Yeah. I'll give you and that. And what that vampire was going through at the time, seeing what his master did and going, Hey, no, we don't need to hide in the dark. Let's, let's, let's show that we're better than this. Uh, Lestat was a cocky asshole. He was. <laughs> That's he was. The whole thing. No, he was a cocky asshole. Um, I, I, there were so many things about like I liked the interview of the vampire movie as a whole because I thought it was really, really fucking faithful to the but, to the book. Again, that's like a vastly different thing from uh, Queen of the Damned. It oh, is, yeah. it is, but yeah. it's the same. It, I mean, it was it was meant to be a direct continuation, even though it was a different actor. Um, I thought Brad Pitt was actor, amazing. But it was like a fantastically different property. Brad like, Pitt, I thought was amazing mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, and this is not something you'll hear me say a ton. Uh, but I also thought, uh, fucking what's her name who played Mary Jane Watson in the first three Spider-Man movies Kirsten, was also Kirsten good. Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, like as the little girl, the one thing that I thought was really weird was, uh, um, Armand as done by, uh, Antonio Banderas. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, because I, Armand in the books was supposed to be like a 12 year old boy. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> and not, not a 40 year old, uh, Latino gentleman. Okay. Do you I, still have these books? The vampire series? Yes. Right fucking there. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> After I finish Ready right. Player One, I'm in. So tell me again, um, you were, this is a oh, fucking this giant is, digression. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it was. So we, we talked about uh, vampire movies, even though um, we were talking about music. Uh, So the JD show, it was his first tour, and he's built this solo album over 11 years. He started this album when... Uh, Zeppelin was just born, and so he's basically put out three corn albums. Not Led Zeppelin. I was going to say, I'm going to assume that's a child he had named Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah, he named his kid Zeppelin. Which you're the only one here that knows that. So metal as fuck. Yeah. Okay. I'm weird. So big corn fan. Um. So he started this album when his kid was born. And it took him 11 years to get to where he was doing his own solo tour with these Wait, songs. is he still married to the porn star? Yes. Who's that? So this is the kid that yes. he had with the yes. porn star. Uh, Can I Google her? Devin. She's had Devin, Devin Davis. Later. Devin Davis. Uh, she does anal scenes. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> She's not bad either. She's not bad. <laughs> okay. Sorry, this isn't JD. the worst we've ever done on this podcast, so whatever. <laughs> Sorry, JD. This ain't your mama's podcast. Um. All right. So this was a good show, you would say. It was very different from what you would expect from a corn show. And actually, he himself said, "Hey, we're gonna play an older song. It's not a corn song. This isn't a fucking corn show. I'm sorry." Like, did he do any corn stuff? No, he did not do a single corn song, which I was happy with. I didn't want to hear a corn song. I wanted. I came for maybe two Queen of the Damned songs and whatever else he put out. And that was it. And the funny thing was, is I knew every song that he played except for two. That's it. So, 
it was fucking really cool to see him up there with a guitarist, a violinist that also played guitar with a stand-up bass uh, player, his keyboard player from Korn and his drummer from Korn. And the other thing that was really badass is they only had two days of practice, which nice. was nuts. That's hard to do. Like, that just shows you the, the professionalism in these artists like, that are like, If you hey, know boom. musicians at all, you know that there's like two types of musicians. One is the type that works really, really fucking hard and practices their fucking ass off so they can play things flawlessly or as close to flawlessly as possible. And then there's other, the, 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 the 1% of the 1%, which are basically just assholes, which are naturally amazingly talented at fucking everything. Uh, in which case, fuck them. Um, anyway, I, 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 I hate to interrupt, but... Gentlemen, there's a new Star Wars trailer. Uh, the Han Solo trailer? Yeah. I'm not interested right now. No, I'm not interested either right now. I, Sorry. I'm so confused. I, I No, here's to the thing. Be... Um, I'm, I'm a fan, I think, of the idea of a Han Solo movie. I'm still not sold on this dude as Han Solo. And okay, it, fine. It takes we'll, me out of we'll the table it. We'll Matt, table it for next week. Let's, let's talk about it next week for sure, because <laughs> I will I've watch it. I've had this conversation before. Uh, I... I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Um, I'm going to see at least one concert, if not two concerts, uh, in the coming months. Uh, number one, I bought tickets to go see Counting Crows. Nice. I'm pretty excited about that. Alive is actually opening for them, which I'm actually even more excited about. Not more excited than Counting Crows, but I'm more excited about it than. Uh, I'd be more excited for life. I'm sorry. Uh, well, see, I went saw Counter Crows and Matchbox 20 last year, and I'm not a Matchbox 20 fan, so we actually left Neither early because they actually headlined. But this year, Counter Crows is actually headlining. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then I also have been throwing around the idea of possibly buying tickets to go see Alice in Chains and Bush. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be a damn good show. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you guys, check out JD album. Drops May 26th. It's different from what he's done in Corn. He has two singles out right now, but it's very different. If you send me a link, I will put I'll it buy in that my for show notes. I will. Okay. Um. So yeah. Um. I uh, I'm going I, to see some shows. You went and saw I know, a show. I went and saw a show. I have some videos on my Facebook. The other thing that happened that day was the same day that the show happened the new Camelot album drop, which is my second favorite band of, band of all time. That album is cool because it's weird that how it worked out, but for the longest time in Camelot, Black Halo, that came out in 2005, I think, was by far my favorite. This one, off of two days of listening, because I got the vinyl two days before hand in the mail, ended up becoming my favorite album just because of the mindset and it goes through a perspective of the human mind and it goes situations uh what where we're at as humanity and what we're going through so masturbation maybe <laughs> maybe sorry a little levity for the podcast whatever <laughs> the ai technology and all that with uh it kind of reminds me matt made me listen to uh seven dust no what was it fucking avenge sevenfold 
I was going to say, I've Close never enough. made you listen to Seven Dust. <laughs> Event Close Sevenfold enough. had a similar sort of concept album. I'd rather listen to Seven Dust. Uh, oh, the stage? on Apple Music. Stage, that you yeah, made me listen I to. actually really enjoyed that. It, it, is, it was pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, just trademark and copyright. I will never make anybody listen to Seven Dust. <laughs> Seven Dust. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't mind Seven Dust. But... No, yeah, no, no. This Camel, this Camel album. <laughs> if you like complexity and where it goes, and it's weird because most albums you can take a track from any slot and listen to it. This album, start from the beginning and go to the end, and it just tells you this. It it has a it has a it has a story, yet it builds upon it in each track, and you can see the complexity in the way not only in the the vocals itself and the songwriting but the music that they play and it's it it just organically happens not to mention the fact that they had a new drummer record in this album that was just crazy to see some guy go okay well this guy left that was so influential to this band and now we're gonna have this new guy in and he's gonna record go for it and he killed it i'm just goes to show you how much drummers actually don't matter <laughs> anyway dave grill if you're listening no, no. um i actually useless. <laughs> no no actually i was just gonna mention that um so i listened to a different podcast last week that actually was doing a head-to-head uh comparison between nirvana's nevermind and in euro uh records and the one thing that both of those records have super in common is that uh they both feature the band nirvana no musically kurt cobain is probably the least influential member of the band because if you listen to those songs like the bass line and the drum tracks are so prevalent like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and it's but it's good i mean not yep. in a bad way like but like the rhythm section is is out of oh, control God, when it, it, I, I will definitely give you that because like the bass line it's one of the first things you hear when you start in utero yeah. like um sentless apprentice Sounds I believe it's the, yeah. the opener there. Or uh, it, it, it is a heavily, heavy. You know, whichever song that is, I don't remember, but. Uh, I'm going to go with Come As You Are. Nope. Lithium? Come. No, I I could look it up, but I it's don't not It's care. not important. I was just. <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So um, monotone didn't matter. Do, 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 do. Uh, anyway, so I'm probably going to go see Alice in Chains and Bush, and I'm definitely going to see Counting Crows. And I want to see Alice life. in Chains and Bush. Do you guys like Lamb of God and Slayer? No. Yeah. I mean, I like Slayer. Yeah. Slayer, I mean, so I don't... Okay, so just for you know... Like, I respect them, but neither one of those so are my know. jam. Why can I not finish the sentence? Slayer. Bailey. Is that, is that Slayer a thing? in August. I think it's in August. I think it's in August. Slayer's actually doing their final Farewell tour. Farewell tour, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, I'm not a like I, I'm not probably ever gonna voluntarily like throw on like a Slayer record, but I respect what they've done in terms of like yep, same metal. I, I I will tell you now, as my first viewing of Slayer live, they do not stop. They played for legitimately almost two hours with no breaks, no bullshit, nothing. Here's they the deal: I'm wait. forty and I drink beer and I have to pee, so that doesn't always sell things for me. <laughs> no, no, you should be sold because if you want to go, if you want to go ham the whole time and you're and you want to be impressed by the endurance of a musician and drummer and guitarist on stage, go for it. I, mean, like, I can tell you the same thing about Marilyn Manson though, and I've seen Manson. In fact, I saw Manson in their heyday. Hey, did you guys see WrestleMania tonight? No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. Oh, I there did. was a thing tonight? Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the deal, guys. We're going to talk about WrestleMania now. WrestleMania 34. We are going to talk about WrestleMania 
for the length of time that the broadcast took. So get ready, guys. Because we're going to talk about this for the next That's seven right. hours. There's going to be a lot of bitching and, and grab your saline and packs. complaining, and then there's going to be some cheers and jeers. No, look, gonna be less, guys, there's going to be less bitching. Uh, I, I think, I think first it's the show. probably not going to yeah, take well, that yeah, long to talk half. about the Rousey match and then everything else that happened around it. So Rousey match back is all good. Everything after. Meh. I'm going to grab an article so I can actually go like match by match. All right, cool. Pre-show happened. Battle Royale was in that. Uh, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal was in it. The Cruiserweight Championship match was in it. And the women's uh, not Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah. So the Women's Vagina Cup Battle Royale, because that was the worst. <laughs> so here's the, the Women's Cup is literally like it a, looks like, it looks like, like a uterus, a uterus and ovaries. fallopian, fallopian yeah. tubes. Yeah. And ovaries. So sexist. I just I cannot actually believe that's what they went with. It is so ridiculous. They it's, had it's ribbons, fantastic. everything. It was it was great. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but actual uteruses don't have ribbons. I know. Okay. I know this. Okay. <laughs> I know this. I know it's it been just, a while, Bailey. It was, I just I, was, it's been at least six the, months. Everybody's all right? been very disappointed the first time they find that out. It's it's sad. It's not as thrilly as we'd like right, it to so be. So, men's battle royale. Matt Hardy goes over. Um, Bray Wyatt returns after the deletion event thingy that I didn't watch. That I am told was super, super terrible. What I've what heard it oh, was. Final, yeah, it was I've terrible. heard it was. I've heard it was terrible. And Matt and I discussed the the return of Bray Wyatt at this battle royal, helping Matt Hardy win, which is essentially what happened. Mm-hmm. Which is where I walked in. Granted, I missed it, but I yeah, knew it was happened. you, I you didn't, didn't miss anything. Know. You missed Dolph Ziggler hanging on the ring apron like ninety seven times. times. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they the next match I think was cruiserweights. Um, cruiserweights happened. I don't remember any. Really, of that. the highlight that of the battle royal, by the way, is uh, the Jerry the King Waller and Jim Ross on commentary. Yep, give you that one. That makes me sad because they should have commentated the whole with coach, mania. Yeah, with coach the rest of the mania. They didn't. They actually had Byron Saxton with them. Yeah, which I thought was stupid. And some other fucking douche that I had no idea who he was. Oh yeah, Michael Cole, that guy. All right. So CBS Sports, by the way, gives WrestleMania 34 a C. I think that's actually not entirely accurate. I would have given it a B plus. Mm, I uh, probably go minus, but yeah. I, I, okay, next next I thing, uh, cruiserweights, it, we'll just skip it because nobody cares. No, uh, actually, the... Stop the, tapping your drink no, up, by the way. Sorry. No. <laughs> the, the, the Oh, no, I'm sorry. This was just, just for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal they gave it a C, so that's fair. Okay, whatever, yeah. No, the, the cruiserweight match was actually, for me, really good. Cruiserweight match, they gave a B plus. And Meh. the... It's cruiserweights, and it's honestly, Matt, I'm not invested in that at all. It's what Matt and I were saying. Ha- if if the cruiserweights were on the actual, if they show repackaged of the cruiserweight Raw. division yes. and made it a part of an actual show and not gave it its own show only on the network, and, see, and that's, would give a shit. That's what I was saying. Nobody uh, cared. We, I think we talked about this on uh, a show not too long ago. They were talking about making Raw a two-hour show instead of a three-hour show. That's only if they make a deal with Fox. My position was, yeah. Keep it a three-hour show, but just package the cruiserweights into that. that I disagree with that decision entirely. If you can make it two hours, go two hours. Okay, whatever. I'm just saying. The like, best television. Put the that... cruiserweights in, into the main the main card, basically. Um, putting putting cruiserweights as sort of its separate own thing is not getting anybody over because it's basically like the bastard stepchild of the whole, you know. The company. only reason they're doing it is because of the network. That's the I, only, I, re- that's the I, only I, reason I, I they're know, doing it. I know. I'm just and saying it's It's annoying. Dumb. All right, so this portion of the show brought to you by K Bar Steakhouse. What okay, uh, what the next uh, the next match I think was the women's battle royale. Nope. No. Yes. Fuck. Y- what? Yes. What? No, you're then? right. Okay. It is, great. It is. And CBS Sports gave that a B minus, which I 
Honestly, I, I give that no, one. I disagree I, with that. It I gave it a C. At least C. Yeah. I gave it a C because I didn't care that much. And also, no. okay, so the one big moment that happened uh, was Bailey uh, finally getting one over on Sasha Banks. Yes, only to be ruined by Naomi. Yeah, which made no sense. So to me, that's that's the re- that that's what takes first off the battle royals are both like no, I don't know a bunch of time filler because you can't really get invested in anybody or care about anything until the last four or five guys anyway, uh, for f- four or five women. And so here's the same thing like uh, Bailey and Sasha like oh there's something I can care about and then in comes Naomi who I don't care about at all. To be honest, I thought she got eliminated. Didn't even pay attention she didn't go over the top rope so she didn't go over the top rope i know she, she sat go, out for like yeah. half of the match or something which like, is why i thought she was eliminated at that point because honestly i didn't pay attention to half of the match i don't i don't mean to get all off on a rant here uh but i'm going to uh go for it bring it i don't like the idea of the andre battle royal i don't actually like the idea of this here's the thing about wrestlemania wrestlemania is special yes and you either make it on the card yep or, or you, you work don't. your ass off to get on the card the next year Yep. I don't like the idea of matches that are specifically it's generated. It's like a participation trophy. It is. It is. It's exactly what everybody says is wrong with the millennial generation, which is, you know, you get a ribbon for participation or whatever. Um, and I, I think we're just hand feeding that. And here's a guy, here's the deal. It's not the wrestler's fault. It's the company. It's the company that's doing it. Just like the millennials didn't ask for the trophies for participation. Like, uh, it, the baby boomers did that. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that decided that their kids needed trophies no matter what. Uh, so I, I just think we as a community, uh, as wrestling fans need to be more vocal about the fact that we want WrestleMania to be treated as, uh, it actually should be, which is a special event. we want it to fucking matter. It is the Super Bowl of sports entertainment. Or as I like to call it, professional wrestling. Professional wrestling. (laughs) It is the World Series of the professional wrestling. And honestly, probably sells more tickets than a lot of those events. So. Yeah. Uh. That's just my rant. I don't like the fact that everybody's included just because. You should earn a spot on WrestleMania, or you should work your ass off for the next year. Yeah, I agree. So, and if you're in media, it should be to drive a story further, not two steps back. All right, so let's talk about the opening match of the actual main card. Was that IC title? That was Intercontinental the Intercontinental Championship, Championship match. Triple Threats. Seth Rollins versus The Miz versus Finn Balor. Seth Rollins, of course, defeated The Miz. This was by far probably one of my top matches of CBS the night. CBS Sports gave it an A minus, and I would yes. agree with that. I I would almost, that as well. I would almost give it a solid A over uh, an A minus. I love The Miz. I would have actually liked to see The Miz keep the title, but if it had to be anybody in that, it would have been Seth Rollins. If, if it had to go down the way that it did, like I'm glad that it was Seth Rollins. Me and too. I think that Seth Rollins is probably going to do good things for that title as well. The the um, the pace in which the match was set was done very very well, and I it mean, set the tone for WrestleMania. But we'll get to later parts of Mania. We we actually did talk about this a little bit ago and how sometimes the IC title is not necessarily treated with the respect it deserves. And a lot of the times you don't necessarily want to see the show open with an IC title match. But this match in particular was good enough um, that it was almost better. If you're going to set the tone for Mania, this is the way to do it. It was almost better. This was a good match. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like this match. Um, I really like Finn uh, Beller. Uh, yeah. It, the only thing to me, like I think... 
think they're making him work before he can actually get a belt on him. Uh, but I think I think Finn's going to be so like... Finn Balor was actually the first ever Universal Champion. Just yes. FYI, yes, he was. Now I know that um, uh, he tore his rotator cuff during that match, though, so he had yep. to surrender the title the next night. Oh, that sucks. So. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if actually they put the belt on him soon. The IC belt, anyway. Like I don't think Seth Rollins is normally somebody who would be in the IC uh, uh, sort of like uh, range. Uh, he's normally like a main card guy. Uh, um, so I think this is a good match for everybody because the Miz is really good. Finn Balor is really good. Uh, Seth Rollins is really good. Uh, putting the belt on Seth Rollins doesn't feel forced to me at all. And I think it gives a, a good opportunity for them to have like Finn and the Miz chase for a, a few, you know, for a little I think, bit. I think we're going to see Not a rematch. I think we're going to see a rematch between the Miz and Seth Rollins probably at the next yes. pay-per-view. Backlash. I think Seth Rollins will retain. Not only is it good for the IC belt, but the reasons it's good is because you have not only one being the Miz as a main carter, you have two guys that could potentially be World Heavyweight Championship title runners and gunning for the championship in this match, opening for WrestleMania. That is huge. That is something that yeah, Miz sure. has been pushing for fucking, what, two years almost, it seems like? So here's the thing. One of the reasons I think you take the belt off of Miz is because on uh, Raw tomorrow night, I think we're going to do a superstar shakeup, as it were. I think you're okay. going to see people change brands. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Miz go to SmackDown and start a program with Daniel Bryan. I would be which will be fucking fantastic. Yep. On board. Because they're, they're going to be able to build off of that promo that he cut on Daniel Bryan during yep. Uh, yep. Talking Smack. They could... <sighs> They could have had that happen even with the icy belt, honestly. I don't think so. I don't think they could have, uh, given the short notice that, you know, between the time that Daniel Bryan got cleared for active competition in WrestleMania, I don't think they could have. Yes. What I do think you transfer brands, and I think that makes it 100% legit. What do we get after that? Uh, we got the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte versus Asuka. Also Amazing an A minus from CBS Sports, Ooh, and again I yep. would I would actually I go about that a strongly higher. agree. But this is one of my favorite matches of the night. Plus. This yeah. is by far one of my favorites. Oscar was on top of her game. Charlotte was on top of her game. This yep. was this was a match. This was a match that I could have. I was worth watching from the beginning to end. It could have went either way, honestly. And you and I were both set on Oscar winning the I match. I really did think only that Asuka because would win. only because of the fact that Oscar has been undefeated and the fact that the push they were giving Oscar was so damn strong going into mania yeah it was from the royal it's the hard thing it's like when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object because you got charlotte like a flair losing at a pay-per-view versus yes oscar you know undefeated oscar so far so i I actually was really happy with this match because it made both uh, competitors look really good especially Mm -hmm. with the like uh post finish where like they kind of did the hug thing we did did you were ready you were ready for oscar yeah no one has been ready for Oscar. You were ready for Oscar. I think this also sets up another run. Like I, I don't think this is the end of Oscar versus Charlotte. Like I, I think I, there's a there's a a story there. So there's going to be probably or a two does Oscar go to Raw and beat Nia? Ooh, Ooh. I yeah. no, I I no, I don't think so. I think we have a run with with Charlotte and Oscar. Do you at think least, we have a longer run? It's a toughy one. We'll see. It's at least one. for two pay per views. To, to me, to me, this this uh, I, I will feel... say this about WrestleMania that I haven't said in, about a pay per view in a long time. Uh, this this makes me want to watch Raw tomorrow night to see what happens. I feel like if you take Oscar out of the picture with Charlotte as the champ, you 
you kind of take away from what Oscar has built with Charlotte Flair as the champ. That's the problem, though, with Charlotte Flair is I don't know that anybody that you put with her is gonna actually be legit competition. You, Here's you could you could t- now you could have Alexa Bliss go up against Charlotte Flair. Okay, but here's here's my idea. Wrong for, brands, unless I switch. Yeah, here's yes. my idea for switching brands with Oscar. You get Oscar over there to challenge Nia. You can leave uh, Bliss on Raw as well because I think ultimately that story's not done. There's no way that story's done. sure that and that's and that's why. But you clear space for Becky Lynch to actually challenge Charlotte because we haven't seen a lot between those two, and I see they're both you good s- enough to do I, it. I I say you see Charlotte versus Becky Lynch in SummerSlam, but right now I think the story is based on Charlotte Flair and Oscar at least until maybe maybe mid May possibly we'll find out because that story has so much potential and so much money coming into WWE because of the talent that those two superstars are that the card that, that alone is a main that's like well that the gravitas of that match is insane that's the way i mean here's here's the deal. like i i i know how i'd book it not everybody agrees WWE doesn't book things the way i would I would, uh, for example, Same. Shelton Benjamin being involved in the Andre Battle Royal. You know, yeah, they they made such a big deal when he was going to come back last year, and then he got injured. He comes back now, and all of a sudden he's languishing on the lower mid card. Doesn't make yep. sense to me. But um, next match: United States Championship, Fatal Four Way, Jinder Mahal versus Rusev versus Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode. Okay, this I will match was given, this one. This match was given a C plus on CBS Sports, which I think is generous. Yeah, that is say, very I was generous. Saying, I would give it a fucking strong D plus. I did not enjoy the finish. Um, I don't. Which think is gender goes over. Have, yeah, I felt like over. this match was. I like gender. Here's I, the deal. I like gender. I just I'm don't think you. this was the right time. I, do, I, do, I, I still haven't found a reason to care about gender whatsoever. Um, to me, Randy Orton and Bobby Roode are the standouts of that match, yep. and I don't see. Uh, for me, Roode should have gone over, and he should have beaten Orton. Yep. Yep. I agree. I mean, or, you, I mean, you had three guys. Or if you're going to play off, if you're going to play off the most recent fad, you put Rusev over. Yep. Because every day is Rusev Day. Yep. Even according to Wendy's, if you follow their Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Like you had three superstars in this match that could have went over, and had been gold, and, and had been the one money. Guy that... And you picked the one fucking guy that nobody gave a shit about. Yeah, I don't. That's, get, that's I, the I, thing. I legit don't get that. The crowd puts guys over. The crowd Not itself, management. when he won. You know what I mean? I don't think I heard a The crowd a itself was cheer. like, well, was no I guess we're going to go get another no. beer now. It was like, and what was the fucking point of that, WWE? What What are you trying to prove? Absolutely fucking nothing. Next. All right. Speaking of next. All right. So the next match, CBS Sports gave a solid A2, and I think everybody here is going to be in agreement with that. It mm. was Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Yes. Okay, so this- I just I want to... Eddie, okay. I think this is where you and I said we peaked. Yeah, Mania. probably. This is definitely the peak match for me, and there's a lot of reasons for this. Number one, the hype leading up to this is incredible. Um, so if you're Ronda Rousey, it's going to be a very, very hard match to fulfill and make anybody happy with because this the is your hype, debut, and this, it's at Mania. It, it's yeah. the debut. It's at Mania, and Grandest there's the mall. There's a whole bunch of shit going behind it. Like number one, how's her mic work going to be? Number two, how is her ring work going to be? Especially ring work. Um, she had already been on the mic a little bit before, and that was lackluster. I will say a little bit generous. 
honestly. And then getting into the actual ring, how is it going to go? Is it going to be terrible? Like, can she do anything? And the answer is a resounding yes. She we, was awesome. We all were kind of in agreement that she was going to be, quote, above average. Above at, average, at best, yes. At best. I, I, I actually, I think, would have given her average. Like, part of me was like, I, I, I just don't know about this. My like, thought about this was how we thought she was going to be above average. I thought about it. And this kind of storyline has been building up since she made her appearance with The Rock a few years back and hip-tossed Stephanie McMahon or whatever it was at Mania. Yeah. And then The Rock got injured, and now Rock's contracts with his movies and whatnot, he couldn't do the appearances or wrestle yeah, at so- Mania. So they had Kurt Angle step in. So this storyline has been going on for a while. So she's had, what, two, three years to train. Yeah, I, I don't think she's been actively training for two or three years, I, but I think she's been actively training for uh, at least the last six or eight months, and she's been working her ass off because it's, her I, ring work it's actually only been, looked, it's only been a year and four months since her uh, final loss. As a person, uh, I dis- UFC, I so. disagree with the six months. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of work to get to understand. Okay, when but to she do was stuff. already in. So here's the thing: you can learn to take a bump. Yeah. And, and psychology is the biggest piece. And then there's the being in ring shape. She was already in ring shape, though. Mm-hmm. And that's that that takes a lot of stuff off um, as far as the, the amount not, of time. And she's she a natural. She had a leg up. She had a leg up. She's, she's, she's a, a natural, natural athlete. born athlete. Yes. That, that's the other thing. Yes. She's um, a natural athlete. She had a leg up. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is another example. You look at Kurt Angle and the impact that he had on the business within the first year that he was there. Nobody's ever done that before. No, I think no. I think maybe Rousey We might have a second coming. Is is gonna is gonna you know replicate that. And I hope that. that we do. I hope we have a Because honestly I, 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 she was straight I mean, fire in that match. Like she, she, was, she was so good, good. But here's the other thing Surprisingly, too. Surprisingly like, she match, was a highlight of that fucking match. But like, here's the thing, like that match wasn't just Rousey. That match was just good from start to finish. Like Triple uh, H. Triple H Trip looked good. Shined. Steph Stephanie actually, I think, uh, next to Rousey was the, the star player here. Like uh I disagree. Triple H and Angle both. A, I think Trips was a star player. Here, here's nah, the thing. I, 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 I understand where Eddie's think. coming from because I, I honestly look at Steph, and to me, she's never been the person that I'm like, oh yeah, she's she's an entering talent. Um, tonight she really was. She's shown as as understanding heel psychology to a point that I don't think that we knew that she understood. She, yeah, exactly. She she played such a fantastic heel. She played such a fantastic heel. Even her in-ring work was amazing. Like I, I thought her in-ring work was like such that I, I could see her being on the like the main card, like I, the main women's roster. I actually follow like, stuff on Instagram whereas, and so I've seen her her training videos I, so, and whatnot. Same. And it's it, she's pretty impressive. Honestly. I think like, Hunter Hunter's don't get me wrong, neither Hunter were or Angle were lackluster. It's just that the, the two girls here like shown far and above for me so anyway that's all i for got me, really on for me match. stephanie is one of those got one of those women that was she yes she was integral in the match she did what she needed to do but a lot of the stuff that she did she learned from triple the H. thing about steph no that's not true and i'll tell you why okay tell me the thing about steph is she's a different type of heel than triple h triple h is the kind of heel That'll get in there, and if he starts getting getting his ass kicked, he'll like look under the ring apron and Steph, grab a sledgehammer. Steph's the corporate heel. Stephanie is the type of heel who legitimately will just back the fuck up if she thinks she can't get the upper hand. Like she's she, she's the spineless heel, and I love I love how she portrays that character. Okay, but with being the spineless heel, if you're so if you had it 
Stephanie. Uh, Big Larry Zabisco back in the day. But but think <laughs> about this. Think of okay, I I get that. But think of if you had just there was no trips on the side, there was no angle on the side of the the apron as managers, and there was just Stephanie and Rhonda. Where does that spineless heel go? It goes nowhere. It has to have something to fall back on, and that person to fall back on was Triple H. Well, sure, and, and this is a tag team match, so you have that. But like the the whole thing is, I, what I'm I'm not arguing about how the match was put together. The only thing I'm arguing with you about is is that she learned everything that she did tonight from Triple H because Triple H has never been the spineless heel. It's Triple H, no, he hasn't. Yeah. So so the fact that she was able to go out there and actually be the spineless heel character, Could, well, Triple H has also been the spineless heel. Not really. He has and he hasn't. Triple H has been the biggest guy in every match he's ever been in. Hey guys, this can't be a four-hour podcast, so it can. What's the next? Yeah. Match? You want to bet? <laughs> Matt and I will rant on this for fucking hours. I'm just anyway, saying, this you this will be me, entertained. So like, it's all downhill for me. If, downhill for me. From I don't want to say because this was downhill, the defining this was match a for me. Fantastic fucking match. Um, all right, next next match. Uh, tag team championship for SmackDown: Bludgeon Brothers versus New Day versus Usos. This was sloppy. this match was a C on CBS Sports, yep. and that's probably I, generous. Fair. Just I give right, it like an F. right down I fell asleep. middle of the road. That's uh, it was meant to showcase the Bludgeon Brothers. I, I guess it accomplished that. To be honest, that match was sloppy as hell. It shouldn't and have ever, in in ninety percent of the spots. That match was just like it should not have buried Big E. No, which is the only reason I say that the C is probably generous. Yeah, uh, let's skip that. Undertaker versus Cena. Um, this match was actually given a C minus by CBS Sports. I'm going to disagree with that a little bit and give it a B. Um, only because this match did exactly what it was supposed to do, which was to, um, You argued with me on this. Uh, well, this- You did. No, Virgil argued with you on it. Not me. Was it Virgil? Yeah. This match was meant to reintroduce The Undertaker, establish the fact that he's not gone, and it did exactly what it was And that he was relevant, yes. And Virgil was like, well, that, that match was What I crap. argued with you about was whether or not there would be a match next year, because I think there will be, probably there, between the same two. You're right. I think there will be a second match, and the fact that Taker didn't show up until, the, until Mania, the moment of, so Cena didn't really have a game plan to go into Mania to try to fight him. I think that's what they're going to go off next year. The match is going to happen. Question. Banners are going to be up. That's what's going to sell Mania. That's when was the, be the last time Taker sat out of a Mania? I can't tell you when the last time he wasn't there. It's probably not um, like not happened. <laughs> so I will tell you this. I want to say the last Mania Taker sat out of was maybe WrestleMania 13. Was he not there for 13? Maybe. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, Taker moved better than he has in five years. Yes, but I mean, without he, a doubt, he, he also had a replaced hip. That's fine. <laughs> I That's mean, fine. That has uh, a lot to do with the last couple years. I mean, he's been beat up the last several yes, WrestleManias. He has, and I don't think a year between has been enough to to and overcome that. That's what that irks me with WWE. Like, if you have a guy that should be at Mania, and you want to sell that, I get that you want to throw Taker in there. But throw him in there at his best. Don't throw him in there with superstars that are just going to... 
I mean, honestly, I think this is because this is like this is more mania for me. Like in general, is that they want to put guys that you know should be there or that they think deserve to be there. This so, like, is going to go Cena, further. Cena didn't have further. a reason to be at Mania. Neither did Taker, and so this is how they did it. Uh, both Which, of those guys deserve honestly, to be at Mania, but neither one of them. The way that they did it with Elias coming in, I thought was great. I would have been fine with it ending with Elias. I didn't want. Yeah, I wouldn't have been. I would have been just after blue last year from all hell. But yeah. After last year, I was fine with the work that they were putting on with Cena, waiting for Taker to come out and waiting for Taker to come out. And then him randomly running up and going during the Flair Asuka match yeah. into the back. I wouldn't have cared if Taker never came out. If they had just like faked it or did like some weird thing, I would have been fine with it as long Taker, the the symbolism that Taker had last year with him placing down his his gauntlets, his hat, his jacket, everything, meant so much to me. As hey, I'm basically throwing, yeah. I'm hanging up my boots, I'm hanging up the cowl essentially, and giving on giving it to the next person because Undertaker I'm was done. not at WrestleMania ten. Okay. Uh, Undertaker. Damn, I was four off. <laughs> Undertaker was at thirteen. Oh no, uh, fifteen. Three off. He was not at WrestleMania sixteen. Okay, so he's he's so not every essentially everyone. Three 19, off. 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. Yeah, he's basically been at the last. Been at sixteen so. yes. was the last one he wasn't in. Yeah, okay. but so, what I'm saying is like Taker is one of these. Like I get that you feel like you need to have Taker. But at the same time, with the symbolism that he had in the last Mania, I would have been fine with him going so out. Here's, here's the way that he went out. Had future things. Here's my take. Mania. It had to happen. Here's my take on it. If The Undertaker can move like he moved tonight. He wouldn't have beat Roman last year. If he could move the way that he moved tonight, the last three years, he wouldn't. Lesnar wouldn't have won. That okay, uh, so here's 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 Roman what I'm saying. wouldn't have won. I'm not gonna say he shouldn't show up at Mania. Because if he can if he can move the way he moved tonight for any length of time and put on a decent match, then I'm all for it. My point is last year he looked like shit. Yes, he did. And I didn't want to see him again. I didn't either. I was not, I was scared for him. Because I care about the gimmick. Yes. Not only that, I care about the human being that's sure. portraying the gimmick. Sure. Like I actually care about him as a person because he's he's been such a big part of my life that I'm like I don't want to see this guy get injured. I don't want to see his career end. But if but if Taker can come out and next year and do what he did tonight, only stretch it out by ten minutes, I want him to go out on a good note. Then yeah, yeah I do. I do want to see him go out on more than a squash I, against I, Cena. I can't say that I don't want his career to end. I do at some point, but I don't want him to go out on the match that they had with Roman Reigns okay. last year. So we disagree with CBS Sports on the C-. minus. We yes. think it was better than that. Uh, I agree. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, CBS Sports gave this a B. I would say that's probably fair. Agreed. Next match. I would have done it backwards. I, no. no I, it, it, honestly, no, 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 it was no. less than I wanted it to be. I think that, I think that Shane O'Mac should have went out earlier on in the match. And had Daniel Bryan be the sole survivor in the match to bring it up. I get, I believe me, I get the fact that you have this guy that 
hasn't been in the ring for a while. Yeah, out of kayfabe, I think that was like not a choice that they had to make. I think it was literally but, just but like we can't so put over... this guy in the match for forty Plus, minutes. I think or Shane may have legit had some like, injuries from previous stuff. Like, like you saw, you saw the power bomb on whatever that. Oh fucking yeah, was yeah, that was on fucked Ra- up. On like, a couple I weeks think ago. that like I get that you're trying to portray this diverticulitis. Play that. Send Shane out. Bring Daniel Bryan in. He's in the majority of the match. I get that you want to have Shane O'Mac as or Daniel Bryan as the hot person to be in there. I get that. But if you had started Shane O'Mac, got his ass beat, taken him out for the rest of the match, and Daniel Bryan win it by himself, I feel like that would have had a bigger impact than having Shane O'Mac come back or Daniel Bryan come back. I mean, they kind of did do that. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Bryan came back and did he win. Did. He got the hot tag. He did. And... I didn't like that. I would have rather have had Daniel Bryan basically be in a handicap match and win the match. I don't like that. I would have loved it I, if they did it right. Here's the thing. Uh, he's coming back after two and a half, almost three years of, of being on the shelf, and you're going to have him go one on two and yes. win a handicap yes. match? Nah. They did that. No, with I Kurt think Angle. this is a good way. This was a good way to protect Daniel Bryan in case in case shit went wrong. You and... protect Daniel Bryan, yeah, but you've done it before. If you're getting, if you're, if you're a guy that's been, if 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 you're a guy like you like you said is getting checked after every match, why not go balls to the wall? Why not? Because then he could die. I yeah. <laughs> I just... I I just I I think this is probably the Especially best thing at Mania. I think this is the best way to. Well, here's the thing. Like, it was only two weeks ago that we found out Daniel Bryan was even gonna be able to wrestle in ring again. And yeah. So they were able to put together a match two weeks before Mania, and maybe they knew a couple weeks ago or before that. I don't know. But given the short notice, I think this was a good way to put him in a match. You see what you you test the waters and see what he is. Next match is gonna be singles match one on one against somebody, or maybe a handicap match. I don't know. But you're gonna get that. The thing with pro wrestling is, like, you could have what I stated, Shane O'Mac go out early, right? You could have a match go medium pace and still make it good. Because what are the people there to see? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan doesn't do medium pace matches, though. Hmm. You know as well as I do. Given the fact that he wouldn't have a choice. He would. All right. I don't it's think live he would. TV. He would. We're cutting uh, this off now because well, again, can't afford another three-hour round on this. <laughs> uh, Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. Oh my CBS god! CBS Sports gives us a B minus. I say that's generous. That uh, is very not generous because of Alexa, though. I, I mean, I think Alexa was amazing in this match. Both okay. It's just okay. I don't get putting the title on Nia other than this to match, have somebody else chase. So whatever. This match made no sense to me in the fact that Nia, I. The build-up to it was lackluster to me. I feel like Alexa Bliss should have had her mania moment, beat her. It was just, it was sloppy. Everything about the match was sloppy. Nia Jax definitely did not take her time in moves, and I was explaining this to Eddie Mm. afterwards, is you can have the same impact on something, but go at a slower pace. Like the slams, the tosses, everything. Everything from Nia Jax felt so fast paced and in the moment. She, that... she doesn't know how to do the how to do the big man thing quite right. Well, now. here's no. the thing. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people are used to big people being in matches and slowing the pace down quite a bit. I think this was an attempt to try and and 
buck that particular perception, but it did not it go did, over well. It did not work because it doesn't look safe. It doesn't feel safe. Well, Naya, I don't think it's safe. And that's... And that's the problem. That's that's the whole thing. That's the problem. Slow Naya down. It, it's it's what I said to her. You can have a Kane and Undertaker go into a match and Eddie, go... Eddie's oh, a yeah. he. Uh, he. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he edited that out. He. Yeah, that's just getting cut out, I guess. Yeah. Just cut that out. Um, you can have a Nia and a Kane go into a, or a Kane and Undertaker go into a match. They're big guys, big show even. Slow it down, make it safe. They don't have to go fast pace. And you don't feel like the superstar that's in the match that's taking these bumps is gonna get injured. I I felt like Nia that Alexa Bliss was gonna get destroyed. And that might have been the point that they were trying to get across, but I didn't like it and I didn't feel safe. No, it with looked it. rough. Uh, I I didn't care for this match, and and again, I it was not. So I don't want to I don't want to bury Naya because I think Naya has a lot of potential, but I do think that uh, I uh, legitimately was concerned for Alexa Bliss. Me too. Through a good portion of the match, and as a heel, that's not what you want. Also, as a heel. Having Mickey James go out as early as she did in the match and then not be relevant later on was a problem. I disagree with that. I actually disagree with that wholeheartedly because Nia Jax being the 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 apparent babyface in the match did what almost no babyface has ever done in in that in and that style of match out, and take is out the just heel. legit go after the person that she thought would be the deciding factor in that match. That I thought was very smart, but the way that she did it is what didn't sell me. That's the problem. I disagree. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to argue the point further, but I, I that, totally disagree. This could go on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's sitting over here like, this podcast would be stuck on match yeah, if one. I, if I just let you guys go, uh, we, this would be a 19-hour podcast focusing on six hours of television. So uh, <laughs> the next match, please, gentlemen. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the SmackDown okay. WWE Championship. We'll let Eddie go. I, I, this was a B. This is the worst I, match for me to go on because, no. like, again, I've got basically nothing on this. Like, this, this was a B according to CBS Sports. I think we can all agree that the match itself was fun, but there was no vested interest on yes. anybody's part in who won until or lost the, the match. End. Until no, the end, that, that's it. the The best you can give for me that on this one is the heel turn at the end with Shinsuke was like something. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem. You don't have two faces going to a match. Period. You do in some cases. I mean, fine. Case, it's don't. fine. The cruiserweight championship there match. Has... Both baby faces. The match was excellent. It was a good match. Like, but we don't have to argue is, about this. Is, the, the thing is, was, the, there wasn't enough lead up into this, and so the match itself was kind of boring. Even though, like, both of the guys were both. The problem good. with this match. This match has been building since WrestleMania. Yeah, and, and the it fact sucked. that we Royal didn't Rumble. have. Well, no, yeah, Royal Rumble. Sorry, you didn't have. A heel. You had two faces going against each other Those from are hard Royal matches. Rumble. Those are hard matches to book. They're even harder to to plan out psychology wise. Yeah, uh, with the build from Man- from Royal Rumble to Mania. If you repeat this match at Backlash, I guarantee I I care Shinsuke more. Shinsuke goes it. over. It'll no, be I don't even care who goes over. I, I, think but I care more about match. it. Yeah, uh, so, it'll have more meaning. Definitely. That being said, it was a B. Um, I would say that's probably pretty accurate 
um, generous for me, but yeah, I wouldn't go lower than that just because of the fact that the match itself was quality. I just didn't care about it because of the the build to it. It's yeah. quality. Okay, next Miles. match: okay. uh, Raw Tag Team Championship: Braun Strowman versus uh, uh, oh, Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Sorry. I was just gonna say this like, was awesome. I don't even want to talk about this match. All I want to talk about is Nicholas because he really made this match, and that's it. That's the uh, whole story here. CBS in this match. Sports gave this a C, and I completely disagree with that. I think this match was a B. This this I match was a B just because I've just because of Nicholas. Nope. I've never seen it done. I've never seen a superstar go, hey, I'm going to this match in a tag match, not have a partner and go, I'm going to pick a fan. It was a, it was a good gimmick match. It, it was. was. It was right. great. You can't Let's do it again next, next year. No. No. So, next match. Unless Nicholas is still a tag champ. In which that case, would be that would fucking be a fucking, amazing. That, that'll be a fucking build is what that'll <laughs> that be. That would be great. Bring Nicholas back as tag. All right. Last match of the night. Universal Championship match. Lesnar versus Roman. CBS Sports gave this a B plus. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I just again, it was fun. Stop okay. me if you've heard this one before. They give Roman way too many finishers to make him look strong, and then Lesnar goes over. Uh, yep, same I, exact I got fucking wor- thing every single same, time. Same with Matt. I got something worse. The fact that Roman beat Taker last year. The most dominant WrestleMania performer of all time gets beat this year for no reason. His I, win against Taker meant nothing. So here's the thing. Brock and Taker have gone head-to-head before. Yes. The first time, that, the only time uh, up to last year lost. that Taker had lost at WrestleMania uh, two was four years ago. Yeah. Roman beating him last year really should have led to Roman beating Brock this year. Yes, uh, and it did not. Because Taker owned Brock in a couple other matches. Just completely owned him. Uh, I, mean, I feel like it was a wasted opportunity, and I don't mm-hmm. know why Taker laid down for Roman. Just once again, what are they doing with this? Taker. What is the point? What is the point you mean of Roman- having... Brock, or, I, I take Brock laid laying down, to down Roman. From, for Roman. For Sorry. Roman. What is the what is the point of having Brock go over? What 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 are we doing? with there this? There is no point. Now, great. You we have get Dana no White action. In the crowd. We get no action on the whatever belt this is. I can't remember what they even Universal. fucking call it. Universal Championship. Universal. We get no action on the Universal Championship until the next major pay per view, which is I guess going to be SummerSlam. Honestly, I th- yes. is is Lesnar's contract as far as appearances done? Uh, pretty pretty close. I mean, it's because... it's not done enough because if it was done, done, then this would have been the out for them. And they're not just going to relinquish the title. Like, somebody's got to beat Brock. It's just, why? Why bother? Why bother? If this is Mania... to beat Brock, I think going into this match, it shouldn't have been Roman. Yeah, that's what if, I'm saying. Like, if, if you're gonna it, on the one Roman hand, like, they beat... don't need another Mania where Roman comes out looking so strong. But on the other hand, like, they don't need another WrestleMania where Brock goes over with no fucking, like... Just why? Just so f- so, why bother? So for me, you had a feud with Braun Strowman and Lesnar that was going on from what fucking SummerSlam. That would have been a all match. the way, all the way up until okay. What was it? So here's the elimination thing. chamber. Maybe here's the thing. Brock's contract with WWE is coming to a close soon. Yes. Dana White says that Brock is still actually technically under contract with UFC as well. Yes. What this means is that probably eventually Brock leaves, vacates the title. This but, actually makes Brock look stronger going into the UFC. Especially when he took the gloves off and decided to take it to Roman. I 
So we essentially just use Roman as Brock's bitch to build Brock up. Stupid. <laughs> That's a good UFC. Point. Stupid. No, 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 no. That doesn't make sense. They're two different mediums. Doesn't matter. They're All right. two completely doesn't matter. It's a, it's a given. Mediums. It's a give and take because we got Ronda. Yes. And that's probably exactly the way Dana positioned it. He's like, look, you got Ronda. Let, I let, want give, give me Brock and let him go out on a high note. Let, let's close it because I think that's there's nothing more to be said about this match or any of the others. Uh, there is. Matt there's a lot. I can go on for probably Again, at least another 45 minutes. We could spend the next minutes. six hours, but... Um, there's only two hours and 20 minutes. Come, Come on, on let, Matt, let Matt and I go. Let Matt and I go. No. <laughs> no, I gotta go. Pee. All right. <laughs> that is the show for this night uh for tonight uh this if night you, works as well this night works yeah. yeah um you can follow us online at whatever show on twitter we are on facebook for the time being facebook.com slash whatever show we decide to quit yeah and uh as always if you like the email things you can go to questions at whatever.co um that is the show for the evening you can give us money too at sponsor at whatever.co. Yeah, we, we will straight up take your money. Um, You may even get a little something back for it. We'll see. We'll mention your name, like we did with some kind of steakhouse or something that didn't even ask us to. I mean, they, they, they owe us money now, basically. I'm I mean, sending them I'm sending them a bill tomorrow. I don't even care about money. I'll take a steak. That Yes, bill for a steak. Free meal. Yes. Uh, yeah. We would like one coupon to the Outback Steakhouse, please. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the steakhouse I mentioned, but okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, see you next week. Later. Later.